0: This week on Log It, Caleb and Angelo talk about the 2022 blockbuster Top Gun Maverick, Tom Cruise's vehicle, pun intended. Ian and Andy are not able to join us this week, so it'll just be me and Angelo. We will be doing last fours and then uh, really getting into Top Gun Angelo. Welcome hey. to the show. How are you doing? Doing wonderful, man. How are you doing? I'm doing very good. I watched Top Gun Maverick late last night. I stayed nice. up late so I could have the house dark and quiet. And just, you know, that movie is very fun. And it's a very theatrical experience, even at home. So it deserves all that
1: attention. I, I agree, man. This is a movie I'm just so excited to talk about because, like, it's summertime, you know. It feels like I need a movie that just yep. gets me motivated to go outside, enjoy, like, drive fast on the highway and enjoy the summer breeze. Just one of those little movies I just I get the thrill out of it. And I really just, yeah, I'm excited to talk about this one with you.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a good summer movie, but weirdly it was like a good fall movie, too. Like, it felt right in this time as we feel like at least um up here in washington feels like we're kind of transitioning into fall already and so it just it gave me that you know i don't know you get the sunset and it's pretty fun you know very warm like everything in the bar is just so warm which is very i like that stuff a lot
1: yeah the whole movie just has that like that yeah just i got this saturation you know this warm saturation to it which I like, and the original one kind of does too. I feel like this is a great yeah. sequel, which
0: you know. Re- and you mean like a literal warm saturation with the color coloring, right? yeah, really, yeah. Just they keep a, a that rosy they, Tony Scott vibe. Golden. It's
1: like a style. Yeah. If you watches movies prior, it's, it does does a great job bringing that back.
0: Yeah, I agree, man. I really, I really enjoyed it, but. Before we get started, I wanted to ask you a kind of fun movie question, as we kind of do sometimes.
2: Awesome, yeah, um,
0: I did. Uh, I did leak this to Angelo early, so he's had time to prepare. Hopefully, he's used it. Now you're on this. Now there's pressure on you. <laughs> My question for you is: If you were for some reason the cinematic ambassador to the stars and you were in charge of showing aliens who were visiting earth or discovered earth let's say three or more movies if you thought of more to convince them that humans are good and worthwhile what movies are you showing them and a quick note before you start i stole this from reddit This was a Reddit post that I thought was really funny and would be a fun thing to talk about. And I will give the user a shout out after Angelo answers the question and I'll find his name. But Angelo, the floor is yours.
1: All right, so you said I'm good to name uh, two to three movies because that was a hard one to World pick one if you want.
0: I just didn't want you, you know, but like yeah, three-ish like they get three they' got, they've got like a, a long afternoon to watch a few movies.
1: Okay, that oh, all right, this would be an interesting triple feature because these these movies are about like humanity like just deteriorating themselves. So I would say 2001 Koisni and Willy Wonka Ooh, and the Chocolate nice. Factory.
0: Ooh,
1: okay. Because both 2001 and Koisinetsukatsi really shows, like, why kill us when we're humanity's just going to doom ourselves? You know, we're, we're the ones, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like... <laughs> I love your, your thought process for
0: how to choose the movies. I did
1: not... Well, and, and both films, but well told, well shot. So I feel like these are good examples to show. You know what? Us humans are not good. So let us just kill ourselves let us just destroy our own selves and
0: leave us alone we have Hal already happening
1: we already have you know like you know we're building so much industrial buildings around that's really like kind of killing our world in a way global climate change is just happening it's just crazy stuff man not to delve into that stuff
0: but no no you're good but i feel you
1: and then why i would pick willy wonka as the grand finale because it's also trying to show that like you know that movie to me always represents like You know, a lot of the bad, all the archetypes of every bad type of person in that film, all those kids represent something kind of evil. And there's just this one, just this one example of someone that's pure and good. And he's just caught in this crazy world. And he's just trying to show, I feel like that movie really shows like just pure innocence. And I feel like that film could really leave us an impact. Like, hey, Charlie's not so bad, you know? He's just a guy that's trying to survive this world. These are films I feel like. Could make an impact in aliens And let's hope we won't get destroyed After they've had this triple feature
0: I like that a lot, man I, mean, I've, I feel like I have to take a minute to process <laughs> the, How that would flow and, um, <laughs> like, It kind of puts uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory In a different light Coming after Queen of Scots He's seen a big factory With all yeah. these These um, people from another country come into work for this crazy guy <laughs> who's you know torturing these children <laughs> after you see the you know the coin of Scots, which if people aren't familiar that i don't think i don't know how i don't know it's weird I, I hadn't seen it or heard about it until angelo i think told me about it but it's a it's a movie from like the 80s it was made right
1: yeah from i think early '80s, 70s okay.
0: even early 80s There's like no dialogue. There's no like obvious narrative. It's just kind of like a montage of nature and humans and humans building and growing and and battling nature. And it's just a very like loose like narrative uh, just based on the series of these like Really epic and beautiful shots. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is good. That one's tripping me out. Um, <laughs> I wonder what they would think of Oompa Loompas. <laughs> yeah, I, who knows?
1: They're probably not from our planet. They're not normal.
0: They're like strong yeah, little what guys. What are Oompa Loompas? That's a great... I've never I even thought know. about that until this moment. I know that he found him in like a jungle, or is that just the... Uh, in the Tim
1: Burton, Tim Burton? Bo- Well, in the book, though, yeah. it, it is accurate. Actually... I'll be honest, I think the one that's more accurate to the book is Tim Burton's movie. It really is more, like, exactly structured like the book, but I still prefer the original. It taught me a lot of lessons as a kid, and when yeah. I, as I get older, I, I appreciate the how crazy that movie is, And but I feel like there's a time when... I think now still, but... I just feel like those old seventies family films, like they were on drugs or cocaine, like making this. Like there's just such yeah, a bizarre oh, yeah, shots yeah. that I still question in that film then. And-
0: <laughs> oh my god. I mean when I mean and it's like same thing with Alice in Wonderland adaptations, like even the modern Tim Burton ones. But again the fact that it's these kids going on this like forced psychedelic who are you also when it's like the movies about the kids revealing their true character and he's like forcing them and do like psychedelic like mind trips to like mm-hmm. have you know force them to show they suck. I don't know. It's a yeah. it is a weird movie and I'm like I am also grateful. I like when I watched it as a kid, I didn't like it. <laughs> I liked elements of it and I wanted to watch it for things, but then I was always just kind of like freaked out by it, is, it too. <laughs> and like it was just like what? like and then just like seeing an adult be mean to kids in a movie was like growing up in the 90s most movies, if the adults were mean, they were the bad guys. Mm. And then the good parents or good adults were very kind. And so it was, hard for my brain to process willy wonka being the good guy and like the main character but he's also just such a dick to those kids some of those kids he really is mean to yeah and like they deserve it and you know as an adult you know you're like okay i get it we'll Um, see how the
1: the wonka prequel turns out with timothy chalamet oh god the only thing that has it going for me is the director paddington he Did the first two, and yes, Sally Hawkins is there too. So, and hopefully, this is a better Timothy Chalamet role where he's a little more like there's a little more spark in this guy than him just being always sour and just dark and groomy all the time. I'm hoping this will bring out like you're living up to like Gene Wilder, even Johnny Depp. That's a lot to take.
0: A theory I've heard and I think I've told you about before with Willy Wonka oh. and Talk a Factory oh, is I that know. the movie in the train where they're stuck on the train what is that snow called?
1: piercer you that. showed me that crazy video from
0: youtube of, yes that is one of the most the movie mind-blowing Snowpiercer is actually a sequel to charlie and the chocolate factory or Willy wonka whichever the original old one is yeah and there's some pretty compelling evidence i don't remember i haven't watched it in a long time off the top of my head and i we can save this for even its own episode But there's a really great video on vimeo If you just search like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Snowpiercer, or even on YouTube, I'm sure you could find it. It's really great. And shout out to the guy who made it. Uh, That's another video. uh, Another one. So good, man, dude. Um,
1: Thank you for showing me that
0: really awesome theory. And he he gives some. It's not just like conjecture. There's some there's some really great evidence of like set design and and different dialogue. And again, watch the guy's video. He did a great job. And I don't want to butcher his. His stuff cuz again I didn't wa- I didn't watch I haven't watched it in years but it it was a really interesting video at the time
1: Dude let's do a double feature sometime man let's watch it. Oh guns. my gosh no we
0: pain. could yes let's let's get to the bottom of this Okay for my 3 ish picks my first pick would be Gattaca That's a
1: great
2: movie Which
0: really great movie is all about like the power of like the human spirit Actually kind of similar to Top Gun where it's kind of a generation that's been like become outdated and no longer like useful. Mm -hmm. But then because of a human like genome manipulation, but really good movie. And I find it to be a very um, uplifting and very much just about like humanity being good, despite bad decisions. My second one would be, Inherent Vice, because I think nice. it just shows the dark seedy sides of humanity, but then also just the uh, light and the good in like Doc and just how Doc kind of makes all of it worthwhile because he's just such a good, wholesome guy who's just trying to help people, you know, in this world of people trying to take advantage of other people. Oh, hell yeah. Um, and then my last one... For me, would be Jackie Brown. Oh, hell yeah. Quentin Tarantino. It really is just one of my favorite, like, wholesome movies. And I just love, again, people get murdered in a parking lot. You know, there's some messed up stuff. But I also just find, like, Max Cherry and Jackie especially to be just, like, so sweet. it's, yeah. just, it's a, And Jackie wins, and I love that. It's just a wonderful movie, and I feel like it, I feel like it's another good one that shows kind of the dark, seedy side of humanity. But then, just how there's like good people doing their best in, in all of it.
1: Shout out to Robert Forster in that movie, man. He's so good.
0: Oh, amen, so good, dude.
1: So good. I want to revisit all those movies, and but it's nice that Jackie Brown and Heron Vice do have some like similar themes, and like oh, these are cute, both movies where characters are caught in the middle of this big situations happening in the town especially like a heist
0: yeah yeah dude that's interesting and they're both just like very wholesome movies from directors that can be kind of like have movies that are a little tougher to watch sometimes they're both like kind of these like just like really pleasant like nice uplifting movies for for and and they both can make uplifting movies but those are just really pleasant you know and and just a nice watch where I appreciate both those movies so much. So I, that's why I'd show. Again, the whole point is just say, hey, we're not perfect. Like kind of like what you were saying, we're not yeah. perfect, but look at the good people trying to help and to, do, to to make the world better still.
1: And I think Doc Sportello is just one of the most entertaining characters.
0: Those faces Joaquin Phoenix makes in that movie, <laughs> I just every time I watch it, I feel like I see different things that make me crack up it's so funny
1: so great and so good and gattaca is one i've only seen actually once um i've only seen it in high school in high school in my, my science class and i want to watch it. i remember loving it and i remember being like i'm excited to go to biology or, or i forgot what class it was i was excited to go just <laughs> yeah, watch this because we all we had to do was just watch because i think it was right during the time of like finals i don't remember but i remember seeing it in high school and being like this is a really cool movie i've never heard
0: of this but I've been wanting to go back, but I think I have a copy. So I love that one. That's one um, I've, I've rewatched every now and then.
1: I had a cool concept just, too, man. Good
0: time. Ethan Hawke's great in it. Jude Law's great in it. Yeah. Arkin is great in it. So yeah, that's great right. Performances and that was right was that where they married at the time him and Uma
1: Thurman when they made that yeah
0: I, I or that's like where they met or, or started dating or something but yeah Uma Thurman is also in it and she's really great as well yeah really cool like very like dystopianish future where you know that kind of fun great set design the guy who made it Andrew Nickel and he wrote and directed the history of war with Nicolas Cage or whatever that was called oh uh,
1: Lord of War Lord of War
0: with Nicolas Cage he wrote and directed *The Host*, the Stephanie Meyer adaptation. He wrote and directed *In Time* with Justin Timberlake, but he also wrote *The Truman Show*. He also wrote and directed *Gattaca*. He also uh, there's a few others that he made that are really great. He just has kind of gone off. Their He's face. working
1: on a *Lord of War* sequel with oh, Nicolas Cage.
0: Leave it alone. I've never seen *Lord of War*. I don't even know.
1: If you ever just want to put have a Nicolas Cage marathon and just like you know like just throw one in there, give it a. Sh- chance. It has its I'm moments. I'm surprised I've
0: never watched it. I've seen clips, and I think I've, like, started it. Con Air to me is, that was almost one of my picks for the aliens, but I was like, this might <laughs> just be too confusing. They might not get it. <laughs> well, that's a good segue point to bring up Top Gun. Let's get into our last four. Do you want to kick that off? Alright. What you have been watching, my friend?
1: So, a few days ago, I watched Meg to the Trench in 3D, oh, alone yeah. in a theater. Aww. Oh. <laughs> And then I popped the Blu-ray in uh, uh, the same day for Stand By Me from 1986, directed by Ro- nice. Rob Reiner. And then the day after, I had this just at-home double feature because i just been wanting to revisit these films. And we'll be talking about these. This is Top Gun, 1986, directed by the great Tony Scott. And Top Gun Maverick, directed by Joseph Kaczynski, starring the man, the man himself, Tom Cruise.
0: Yes, sir. Which is a, a great pick, by the way. That was Angelo's pick last week for this week. Just shouting you out on that. Oh, like,
1: thanks, so man. Like I was saying when we were starting, it's just, yeah, this movie has been in my mind. Just feel like it's summertime still. I'm still feeling like I want to be out in the sun, sweating,
0: <laughs> playing volleyball.
1: I wish I could be a pilot and fly those jets. This movie just sells me. Like, you know what? I should just sign up for the
0: Navy and just <laughs> become a pilot. Like You just got to be rich like Tom Cruise. And you don't even need to sign up for the Navy. Oh, this is my new life goal. I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a Top Gun pilot, baby. <laughs> <laughs> or at least this movie just start makes doing some push-ups. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I guess that's maybe the propaganda side of it. I guess just like, hey, join the Navy now. I guess that's what, that's what you could take out of these movies. But um, yeah,
0: because I know the original I mean, I,
1: I... film had recruitment officers outside the theater. I read stories oh, about yeah, that. Dude. But this one I didn't see any of that So I was like okay so they're not getting too political with this So
0: I will say the military only lets you use If they used real uh, military equipment It was They only let you do it if they sign off On the script and approve it Yeah So if they were using If they were actually loaned equipment from the US military they, The US military would have read the script And said thumbs up And t- told them to change things they didn't like Yeah Isn't that weird?
1: It's insane, man. And so, and I, I was reading too on, on both films, just, they had to get such approval from like the government and everything, like oh, the yeah, defense yeah, yeah. system just to be like, yeah, like we gotta, we gotta make sure you're not like overselling this or making it look bad,
0: you know, like. Exactly. You wanted to, um, say something about, I think one of your other movies.
2: Oh. oh uh, the Meg 2. Meg so you 2, the trench. Yeah. You were
0: alone in the theater. I was
1: alone in the theater. It was a fun experience, man. I just had the best seat in the house. actually moved.
0: That's a good movie to be alone <laughs> for.
1: Especially because it's just. I mean, I already know what I'm getting myself into. I know it's a crazy, stupid yeah. movie, but I, I wanted to enjoy something ridiculous. Just that moment, I'm like, you know what? I have nothing to do today. Let me go to the theater, earliest show possible. And everyone's like, kind of shocked to pull out the 3D bin to give me the glasses. Like, oh, someone's actually gonna watch this movie like at like 11:50 <laughs> a.m. Like, okay. But yeah, it was it was it was fun, man. I, I just had a blast. I said, this is a dumb shark movie, and it's got some. Yep. It just feels like a, a really silly '90s movie because there's like a whole like action aspect to Jason Statham taking down this like organization that's trying to like help unleash these like creatures like and help destroy humanity and he's just like kung fuing all these guys everywhere. So, <laughs> I mean, it was fun. I was laughing and having a great time and had all nice. the getting fat, eating all these great snacks while watching it
0: as you should at the theater,
1: especially 3D. I'm not the biggest 3D like you know, the guy to keep recommending it, but there were times like, okay, some of the water's coming out of the screen and there's a shot of the shark like coming towards you and it's like, oh shit, his nose is like popping. So I'll, I'll give credit to some some little doses of it not required to watch 3d you could watch it at home and 4k or whatever and still laugh and have a great great time (laughs) yeah and it's crazy it's even more over the top than like the recent fast and the Furious movies but in a fun way where they know they know they're making the schlock but they're having fun it's like a saturday morning cartoon so yeah yeah if you're like if you if you have that mindset for it then I'd recommend it but if you're going to take it seriously as if you're going to watch a real sequel to jaws then you're you're barking up the wrong tree so yeah i hear that
0: <laughs> yeah I, I i the first one i really was excited for but i wasn't I didn't. I liked it fine, but it wasn't quite. I thought it could have been a lot funner. I agree. Is this? Did you see the? So did I did see the one first one. one. The first one, in your opinion. I
1: even tried to rewatch the first one before and It was kind of boring. Like it wasn't really. It took a long time for things to happen, which this one does. But this one, it's like the last half is just nonstop mayhem and it's just like crazier and you're you're just going for it. Like they're just, they're having a blast. Like he's riding these jet skis through the shark's mouth. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) They know they're making (laughs) schlock and it's such like, oh my God. Like it's, I mean, not to get into recent history about that submarine that sunk down in the, the ocean. Yeah.
0: Rest in peace.
1: There's a moment in this movie, they're in a submarine and they're like literally at like the bottom level of the no. ocean, the furthest oh like they could be. <laughs> and all they had to do was like, you know what? Like, because they're like, well, we're doomed. We're we are doomed we we can not even swim up. We're gonna explode if we open the hatches. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Jason Statham just has just a close-up on his face. He's just like, we're gonna do it. We're gonna put the suits on and walk up. We're gonna find our way around this. Oh, no. <laughs> we're gonna get to that water station. It's <laughs>
0: can you imagine the filmmakers as they heard all of the horrible news about the titan submarine yeah Uh, we're thinking about the movie that they have coming out in a few days or whatever few weeks and they're like oh that scene might uh, not age very well
1: i feel like those actors like jason statham the rock vin diesel should just have like should do a video of all like them in their own multiverse, like Spider Verse, just all these diesel oh, variants. <laughs> you, so fun! Just just for shits and giggles, it just be such a I funny mean, like, video to see all their variants hanging out and like kicking each other's ass. And...
0: That's almost <laughs> what the Expendables was. I mean, it's not quite the same as what you're saying. I know you're saying like all the different versions, just, just like, for shits
1: and, and giggles, other. yeah.
0: But dude, I, oh my gosh, it'd be like. <laughs> The rocks, all the rocks characters, <laughs> they each should have their own multiverse of the char- their own characters too. So you establish the rock verse, the stadium verse, the <laughs> Shorja verse, and then once you get the each of their own multiverses established, then you start connecting the multiverses then all the arnolds are fighting all the stadiums i mean stadiums not even one of the best like there'd be better guys but that's a, a brilliant idea we could save hollywood with this idea i believe
1: i mean i feel like jason statham more so than the rock i feel like he's always the same guy like he's always like i'm the action guy you know and i like him i do oh, yeah. i've grown to like him as time goes on and
0: that's a great idea i really i'm gonna start working on that with chat gpt now and i I'll have the, I'll have this oh, the Vin Diesel the action thing. here of multiverse, multiverse set up in the, a few days of 10 scripts ready in the next week for, <laughs> for Paramount to start <laughs> working
1: on. I was going to bring up one, one little thing on my last four. I was going to say that watching Stand By Me and the first Top Gun, they both came out 1986 in both movies, has Great Balls of Fire, which is insane. Oh. Because Kiefer Sutherland and his guy, his his bully friends that are driving in a car listening to Great Balls of Fire. Shouldn't
0: have gone for a wooden one. <laughs> Why don't you tell me something I
2: don't know, asshole? Awesome! awesome. You shake my nerves and you rattle my brain. We might have love a man who saved. You brought a will? A the will. Goodness
0: gracious, Great ball. Okay, so this is a great segue for a future idea I have for something, just a journal even. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but this happens to me a lot where when I watch, I like, we've talked about on the podcast, sometimes I like to just put on a movie I have nothing, I know nothing about, it just Mm -hmm. looks interesting, or I'll see a cool cover, I'm like, I'm watching it, don't think about it again, or I read a good description, you know, and like, that's it. Very often, I'll just put two random movies on. Often I don't even know anything about one of them. And there happens to be some crazy coincidental parallel, like you were just saying, where two characters sing "Great Balls of Fire." How many movies are people singing "Great Balls of Fire"? It can't be more no, than a yeah, few, right? Maybe there's one or two. How old are the chances you watch two of them back to back? Yeah, a, I, I, did you think about that at all? Well, when you were picking them,
1: well, I picked "Stand by Me." Well, per, not to get too personal, but let's just say, let's. Um, uh, f- uh, it's a favorite movie of a family member who passed away and that was the anniversary of their death. And I was like, I got to watch this movie. It's like one of those, like every time they, cause they, they, they got me into it and I think about them on that film. So I was like,
0: that's oh, beautiful, man.
1: Oh, thanks, man. And it, it's a good movie. It's one that I actually always enjoy rewatching and I always kind of find like new things about the characters and feel like you get to get to know them the more you rewatch them. Yeah. It's a good one, man. It's a really good one. Um, but that's why I picked that. And then I picked Topman because yeah, we were going to talk about yeah no, today. Weird.
0: Just so seemingly random, which is which is very interesting and and also kind of cool given the reason you picked it. But mm-hmm. I'll, I'll have stuff like that all the time where it's like somebody's like leg gets like chopped off by like a chainsaw or something. And then we just two random movies. One's like a horror movie and one's like a rom-com and two people, you know, it's like that. I, that's not a good example. I should be writing them down, mm-hmm. but the, it, it happens to me quite often. And it's really weird. Cause I'm like, what, how many movies does this happen? Like what <laughs> are the, cho- of like the, like there's 10,000 movies I could have streamed right now. Yeah. And what are the odds that, that these two crazy random things happen? Probably a, good considering how often it happens, but it's very fun to notice.
1: Yeah no it's crazy because there's a lot of like that's why we have these people do great double feature pairings you know like it's great to like mm-hmm, see mm-hmm. the the common thing with both movies and even if you just pair something like it's always fun to find a connection and i know we've done that with i forgot what movie I mean, we've done it many times i know we watch random movies and it's like well, what's what's a connection you know and yep um but yeah like it's 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 crazy sometimes you just never know like when you watch something like maybe there was a Something spiritually connected with these movies that you just subconsciously don't realize, you know, that there's a common thing. And I, yeah. but I didn't even think about Great Balls of Fire, you know, it was just so random. I was like, wait, he's singing this too? And it's like, and I it's
2: looked. A trip, right?
1: Yeah. And they both came out the same year. And maybe I've heard it somewhere too. Someone brought it up when, the, when Maverick came out. They talked about the original movie again. But it's just one of those things I forgot. Like, holy shit, like that's insane. I've seen both of these movies a lot and don't I just realize it till then that they play that song.
0: Crazy. All right, I will uh, jump into my last four. So I watched The Village from 2004, directed by M. Night Shyamalan. I understand the criticism of this film. I agree. I just really like it. It's got a a nostalgia factor, and then there's just a lot of stuff I really appreciate about it in uh, genuine ways. Though the dialogue is hilarious to me now it is it's it's so i crack up when when they say things in ridiculous ways i wish i wrote some of the funniest lines down
2: how is it you are brave when all the rest of us shake in our boots
0: still really love that movie and still love m night uh i want to do an episode uh, about him at some point and where i can defend him hell yeah because i appreciate his movies Next, Mm -hmm. I watched The Pope's Exorcist from 2023, directed by Julius Avery. That rhymes. This movie, Angelo, I'm going to pop... Oh, here, let me just finish up. Then I watched Skinnamarink from 2022, directed by Kyle Edward Ball. (laughs) This was a really interesting one, which we'll have to spend some time on as well. Then I watched Top Gun Maverick, which ruled, and we'll spend lots of time on that as well. First, before Skinnamarink, Pope's Exorcist. Mother effing ruled, dude. It was the best, like, fun blockbuster movie I've seen in years probably I, and uh, the, since maybe top gun i'll say but oh shit. it's a different vibe than top gun because right. it's much like goofier top gun's like a fun action one but this is just like a dumb it's like it reminded me of ghostbusters a lot like it's, <laughs> it's that level of just like dumb fun really but, like well thought out well written well acted but just like totally not taking itself too seriously like The Russell Crowe character, apparently it's based on a real guy, which I was like, I don't know if I even want to learn about him because I just love this movie too much. I don't want to know anything about it almost because it's it's perfect as it is, and I don't need anything else about it. I just want more of him. He, Russell Crowe's character, if you've seen him in Nice Guys, he's pretty fun, but he's kind of, like, tired, you know? He's still just, like, a kind of tired, like, worn-down guy feeling kind of, you know? Combine that character with the energy and pizzazz of his uh, portrayal as Zeus in the Thor movies. Just watch the Russell Crowe scenes. He's hilarious. Put those two characters together, give him an Italian accent, and have him ride around (laughs) Italy on a little Vespa, this big giant Russell Crowe riding around a little Vespa with rock, like classic rock playing. And that's it's the mother effing best. They're literally like superhero exorcist demon fighters literally and i I can't tell you more because it'll start spoiling things but Please watch it, everybody. It's it's what movies, sh- it's what blockbuster filmmaking needs. Oh, I'm wow. not even joking. This should get a theater run around Oscar period. It should be up. <laughs> this is like as big as Avatar, you know, one groundbreaking filmmaking of a uh, breath of fresh air. No, I'm just kidding. But I really enjoyed it, and I thought it was a, like just a blast. A lot of action. A lot of it's a very exciting, and it moves. It's very fast paced. But like, uh, yeah, highly recommend.
1: Dude, that's, I'm I'm glad to hear because I haven't seen it, but I've I've heard similar reactions from other people I know also that seem to say this is like a new guilty oh, right pleasure. Good. It's,
0: it's, the word is the spread the good word, my friends. It's, it's it sounds like a new like the just father the son. Like I'm gonna convert to Catholicism. I'm dead serious, cause I, I want to be a demon fighter. Like if Russell Crowe was my local priest, I would join whatever religion he was running. This Russell Crowe, this guy.
1: I was going to say, what you sold me on it, just that I have to watch it immediately. It's just just the sight of the uh, Russell Crowe now wearing his Vatican outfit on a Vespa. That, that really sold me. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know dude. why that just
0: And there's started. literal like classic rock, like Metallica. I can't remember what it was. Oh, it was like Enter Sandman or something is playing. And he's just like chugging. And there's like a car behind him that's like, he's going so slow that the car is like, just like slowly behind him in the shot. Like, it's hilarious. I loved it, dude. I loved every second of it. I'll probably watch it again soon.
1: What you're telling me and what my friend told me, I don't no. see that from the trailer. The trailer sells it as a typical horror movie. So,
0: so much. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like it might, it might as well be like Frankenstein 2000 or whatever. Oh, the I mean, Frankenstein. The <laughs> yeah. But it's so much better than that. And it's like the, there's, there's good, the horror elements and like the, the jump scare stuff is, is done well enough that it works and it's fun. You know, it's not yeah. like the main selling point in my opinion. Mhm. But it's like it gives you everything. Where it's like kind of like Ghostbusters, where you get kind of creeped out sometimes, but ultimately it's all just fun. And yeah, you know, well, I love Ghostbusters. You're you're talking about totally the original
1: Ghostbusters, that, the original. Okay, yes, yes. I feel like it's in the time we have to clarify
0: we're not talking about the
1: twenty sixteen <laughs> reboot? Re- reboot or even the new ones. So
0: yeah, which. We won't even get into that, but no, no, yeah. This rules when you watch it. We'll have to get a follow up from you about it on the pod and see what you think. I'd love yeah. to hear what even if you didn't like it. I want to, you know, I'd love to hear what you thought.
1: I'm excited, man, because like, it's just it's yeah. Again, like what you guys are telling me, it's like not what I expected to hear from. Because I actually was not very interested just by the trailers, so I just like Oh, I felt like this one I'll probably only watch not by choice if I see it some people or even family wants to watch something creepy like all right
0: nah dude show it to your family just to show them a good time
1: (laughs) maybe tonight i'll order some food and go watch that so
0: all right you gotta text me if you do talk about it on the pod
1: yes we'll do
0: as well but but i want to hear immediately
1: i want to talk to you about uh we'll finish off on the village too because i wanted to
0: add to that oh freak yeah we got to go back to that after that, so the season is turning towards horror for me. I just get in fall, like I was saying, which I love horror movies oh, yeah. in fall, you know, October season. I try to watch as many as I can. Mm-hmm. So, and just, it just happened naturally. So I'm just going with it. After that, I watched The Skin of Marine, which <sighs> I think you wanted to talk yeah. about as well.
1: We never talked about it. I ton
0: to say about this. I, I really liked it and appreciated it, mm-hmm. but also it's, really long yeah it's very very abstract yeah you don't ever really see anything that would normally be called anything but like b-roll
1: absolutely right a
0: a detail shot in the regular you know there's Mm -hmm. never like a real subject or very rarely is like a real subject in the shot and it's very much like sound design and but I appreciate that they did something. Yeah. Like they were doing something and they, a very low it, budget you know, and like they, they stuck to a vibe and they like, they really like didn't try to like dilute it at all. And um, I started thinking about it as like being a horror movie about just like how it feels to be a kid and how like as a kid, all these things that aren't, there, there are true horror elements in it, not to spoil anything, but how as a kid, just in an empty hallway from your little perspective, where you you know you don't really know much and you don't know understand what noises mean yeah. to be a horror movie to you, yeah. And so it felt like once I started like trying to shift it to the per, like because like a lot of it is POV too, mm-hmm. and I think actually all of it from is POV. Kids. So you're seeing it from two kids' perspective, everything yeah. happening. And so once I like really tried to embrace it in that way, where it's like a kid hiding in his room just staring at the floor and you just see a whole scene through that perspective it's like okay that's really interesting like i pre- like i kind of want to watch it again knowing what it is now yeah uh, and, and give it because i if you're interested in like horror and you and you want to see somebody doing something a little art housey, but that's like trying something i recommend it but it is slow it is very mm. slow and it's it's um it's, it's a slow burn for sure
1: which i agree i do agree it's a little too long and it's crazy because I still have to watch his YouTube film, his short film. That's almost a short version uh, of that. Is he,
0: is he a YouTuber? Yeah, and
1: I did see I did see that movie earlier this year, recommended with a friend, just a blind like watch. We were like, "Oh, let's grab drinks and let's catch something." I don't know what's playing, and nothing really seemed interesting except this little movie called Rink that was just randomly showing. I didn't even see a trailer or anything, so I just walked in like, "What is happening?" And uh, quite the experience. Yes, it, it's slow. But the surround sound, I think, it was put to the max because the part where it just jump cuts—not to spoil the movie—but you see an entity or somebody with like a, a stabbed eye. Uh, uh, I think I almost had a heart attack, man. Like it was just like wow, yeah. <laughs> it gave me some chills. And and there is moments though. There is moments in that uh, this movie that just like oh, I don't know, like this is a because in the moment i was like okay this is like a slow art art house movie and i'm in a bunch of people so i didn't feel too scared in some parts but when i went home i had to leave on the lights the rest of the night like i actually was like i turn off the lights yeah. i just thought i saw that uh, a face like hanging like hanging over me talking to me like the way at the end of this not to spoil the movie but you see, there's something that just comes out of yes. nowhere You're like uh, what is this an
0: entity that finally seems to truly reveal itself and it's just the whole movie is very it's it's processed or they've added filters i th- well i have a nitpicky complaint about the movie too but they've made it like look be very grainy vhs image. Yeah. and so a lot of the movie you're looking at shadows and you're just kind of trying to find something yes. in the shadows so then at the end something really does emerge from the shadows finally but it's still just like this blurry f- face that you can't really make anything out but is talking to the kid at that point it's very unsettling it's true and i'll I'll say i watched this as it was getting dark and so it wasn't completely dark and i watched it with my wife and i was making dinner while i watched it Mm -hmm. um, which i can see the tv from where i cooked dinner nice and I, i was thinking about i watched top gun late at night alone i was thinking about how if i reversed it if i watched skin and Marine late at night at home it might have been a much more terrifying impactful experience yeah. i like i'll give that i gotta give that credit too because i don't yeah. think i watched it in the best we just kind of put it on because we were both curious about it and so now, again i want to watch it again and and maybe like watch it alone late at night and and try to really freak myself out because it's <laughs> it's a very unsettling movie
1: yeah definitely worth yeah watching like if you're gonna watch it for the first time definitely recommend it at nighttime i think you will get a more like creepy feeling as you were saying um probably get more of that effect and i want to i saw clips of his youtube before but i was like no i just watched your whole feature version let me give give me some time to breathe and not yeah. get scared so i could watch it and be refreshed like oh yeah you you're, you make scary because there's there's some potential for like if yeah. this guy grows to do some
0: some oh, more more sure.
1: horror movies I, I i could see them replicating like some of that some of the creepy feelings he was trying to do into something
0: else definitely seems to have vision like this definitely had vision like again it really was something unique yeah and maybe there's movies imitating i've never seen that are more obscure and you know whatever but I, I i did appreciate what they did a lot yeah shout out to my little brother josh for uh recommending this one and putting nice. it on the radar for me
1: dude thank you josh not to segue too much because I want to get yeah to the your other four but um uh i don't know if you heard of the movie talk to me that came out recently this this new a24 horror movie
0: yeah i've seen it or popping up on things
1: not to talk about it too much but it was quite a surprise and like I was very like like mind blown that this was made by like like twenty something year old kids, <laughs> who made just like okay, this little cool. movie, and they come from also like just like this kind of director comes from the YouTube sphere, and I guess they've, but they they seem on their channel to put up a lot of videos. So and they made their first feature. It's like really crazy. Ever in a time Did like talk to me, yeah, the talk to me directors, two two Australian kids. Who I guess grew up watching horror movies Because their parents Or they said they had like a relative That takes them to like Freddy versus Jason And at a young age uh, and stuff So Cool Good for these kids I will say I'll give them praise Like hey You know Good yeah. for those little YouTube Filmmakers out there
0: Hey It's kind of The purest The purest way to do it At this point in my opinion Y'all I'll watch the sat for sure <laughs> I have to add that one another horror oh like the village did you want to touch on the Village? Yes, i kind of touched on i want to yeah,
1: go ahead because i know we've i feel like back then we we've, we've had this in the background and we we're talking about it but that's a movie that i remember seeing in the theater and even like i know it's not a strongest film but like I still remember just having memories of, like, there's such moments where it's creepy and the soundtrack was so beautiful, but it was also it has this, soundtrack. like, creepy, haunting feeling at the same time. And, you know, I don't want to spoil if anyone has not watched that movie, but it's just, like, it's it's, it's, it's really, spoil it takes an interesting so. direction and in, in, in a part, but... Uh, I mean, there's times it has his, like, I don't know, there's some good Shyamalan in there, I'll say. There were some good moments in that film. And, well, it's really well shot. Is it Roger Deakins that shot this movie, or?
0: I think so. I'd have to double check. But I believe it was one of the Deakins Shyamalan movies.
1: That was right after Signs, I think. This was his follow-up after that one.
0: I believe so. Or was Unbreakable between those two? It was before before Signs.
1: I think Unbreakable was the follow-up to Sixth Sense. And I remember even my folks which I really love too and I it, I remember like back then that movie kind of got overlooked and people just didn't seem like, well, this wasn't as good as The Sixth Sense. It's a little more boring and slow and I don't get I don't get the point of the film." And then you realize, oh, this is a superhero movie. And <laughs> this was not a yeah. horror thriller. It was really a, oh, no. a grounded story about a guy who just is indestructible. And yeah. really beautiful. It's really beautiful. Beautifully made. Yeah,
0: Unbreakable is great. Underrated. Great soundtrack. And M. Knight has some of the best, some great soundtracks. Maybe not some of the best, but some of my favorites for sure. James <laughs> Newton Howard. Um, is
1: a shout out to him. Yeah, One of the greatest composers. So was
0: it Deacons, did you say? Yeah. Roger Deacons shot The Village. Yeah. There you go Really really well shot It's a beautiful movie Spoilers if you haven't seen the Village or somehow Haven't had it spoiled even Spoilers (laughs) but my one big thing With this movie is if he picked One or the other if the story Was about a village dealing with Monsters in the forest and that was real Or it's a story About people in the forest Hiding from society uh, In Not the time twist Like they could have just It could have been the same movie Olden days with fake monsters Or same movie Olden days real monsters But you can't have The present day thing was just so pointless And just adds so much confusion To everything and and cheapens it like that's why the dialogue is so funny to me now is because i know that these are literal cosplayers mm-hmm. these are literally just like <laughs> nerd adults who dressed up and were like i hate everything we're gonna go make play a time and really the version of the movie that exists now the true horror is those adults keeping the children in captivity and brainwashing them into thinking that society is this backwards still and that they're not having the right to go educate themselves and explore the world and try things out there. It's a literal, it's a literal horror cult movie. Hmm. And if that's the other direction he could have gone is that the twist was, it was present day and the real monsters are these adults who had their weird sick fantasy imposed on their children and these innocent kids that had no choice in the matter. Actually, he summed up very well, man. Cause it, it is ridiculous that like
1: he went that direction. And I, obviously did not expect that it's for, I was young when I saw this I was like in middle school but I remember being like what <laughs> when they yeah. saw the car and then the cop I think that pulls up to Bryce Alice Howard when she jumps over the you know since we're spoiler territory yeah. so I'll, we'll
0: no it's fine talk about like this. I said um, just, this hasn't been spoiled for you yet it's unreal if you haven't
1: seen scary movie four then yeah sorry
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> but any any of those if he had picked one of those directions I think it's a great movie. I think he just tried too hard. He was like... I need to double twist, triple twist. because <laughs> Everyone's making fun of my twists now. So I need to really twist them. It's like, no, no, no. Just yeah. make a good movie, man. Yeah. Just, yeah. No, no, you just, you just make, it's already fun. It was already fun with the monsters. I was already scared. Yeah. and loving it. I was I on board for that.
1: I was on board.
2: Yeah, I think yeah, everybody I was,
1: I think everybody, when he saw that hand come out and you're like, Oh shit. Oh my gosh,
0: dude. And he's walking in the woods. Is, so, before you know, they're not real. That stuff is just like, cause that unreal, sequence is unbelievably scary. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 'Cause that sequence is so good when they're all trying to hide in the basement and walking Phoenix and Bryce Halls Howard are running towards the like that that sequence is great. I remember being like, This is thrilling and, and
0: music again.
1: And you have that heroic vibe when he comes to the rescue. It was good. Like, there's good moments in there, but then it just sucks that when you now think about the the payoff, you're like, why? Why this could have been real monsters? Yeah. You did signs. You had real aliens in that movie, mm-hmm. so why not yeah. have real now monsters
0: in there? That's probably why. Because like, oh, everybody thinks it's going to be another sign, yeah. but guess what? But you I, know, I blah, 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 blah. just do make another signs. That's <laughs> fine. That's what directors do. They just remake uh, the movies until they figure something else out.
1: Yeah, and I know there are those like. Yeah, I know there are people out there that still do it like out there in the Midwest, right? Or like they they, they have little communes
0: like that, you know, but not to that extreme. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I wanted to segue to Top Gun, and so I'm gonna do it through the Pope's Exorcist. Okay. Pope's Exorcist had some things that reminded me of Top Gun. Oh shit, okay. I thought it was interesting (laughs) that it was this like old guy who was like actually like the best and the most like badass at what he does, but has become kind of like obsolete to this new young generation, which I don't wanna say too much because I know you haven't seen it. Yeah. Like one of the themes is there's this new young guard of the church that doesn't really believe exorcisms are real and basically think he's just like this old kook which he is but he's also right and so they're trying to force him out basically but ultimately he's right and they they realize they need him still and they need him to train the younger generation because the younger generation's not prepared to deal with the forces of evil that they underestimated basically you know so he kind of comes in to help the fight against with the people that still believe in the devil and exorcisms in the catholic church um and then top gun had very similar like there's literally a scene with like uh the scene he has with john ham which in this john ham plays the young military guy that thinks maverick is just trouble and doesn't like they don't need him anymore because ai's come in and they're gonna have ai planes and they won't need pilots at all soon yeah And there's a scene where they're basically being like, we don't need you. And he's like, are you sure about that? Yeah. And it was very, very similar to a scene in the Pope's exorcist. And so I just thought it was fun having these two great movies about old action heroes dealing with being kind of left behind by society, but still done in a really fun, non-depressing way versus like, I feel like there's been a lot of movies that try to do that and make it kind of depressing and sad for the hero instead of fun you know and so yeah i appreciated that a lot about top gun is how they managed to do a reboot that felt new and fresh and felt like it embraced all of these old characters but was still willing to like put them in the positions where they're no not like sure of themselves and they're, they've they lost confidence because of failure and which was like a big criticism with Luke is like, Oh, how could you do a sad, depressed Luke? And it's like, well, the problem's not sad, depressed Luke and last Jedi. Mm -hmm. The problem was the execution. Like you could have still had sad, depressed Luke who thinks he's better off not helping, but still had him not be depressed and depressing. Like Tom Cruise feels like he can't help because of he he failed goose's uh, goose. Right. Mm -hmm. And 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 he feels responsible for the death, and so he's afraid he's going to do the same thing to Goose's kid. Mm-hmm. It's Goose, right, that died. Yet. Yeah, Goose
1: died. Yes, Don's rooster. And it's like
0: it's almost an exact parallel to Luke Skywalker with Ben Solo, where he failed Ben Solo, and so he felt like he wasn't able to like continue being useful to the cause, and so he kind of self exiles himself and like won't you know embrace this calling of being like a leader for the next generation, and it's just. I point out the similarities to show how the execution can create such a different feel and movie where Top Gun was exciting. Tom Cruise was cool. He was an action hero. He was inspiring, but he still had to deal with people being like, you're old man, you're a loser, like you're Mm -hmm. a failure. We don't need you anymore. You're kind or obsolete, but it was never like insulting. Like it was all part of the, like being an underdog instead of it Mm -hmm. just feeling like, Like, I haven't seen Indiana Jones yet, but just from what I hear, I just like, I don't know if I want to just watch people be like mean to Indy all day Mm -hmm. and him just like not like, like, what if I pitch this to my little brother? What if Indiana Jones, what if it was exactly the same, but Indy didn't care that people thought he was obsolete and he was still just as excited and passionate about his interests despite the world Mm -hmm. not caring anymore.
1: And they made that movie already. It's called The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull
0: yeah and last crusade with his dad same thing true yeah amen amen so not to get on these other movies but i just re-watching this i appreciated how they did everything that these other movies are trying to do all the time and reboots and just did it all right and then nailed Mm -hmm. it and they got rewarded for it they made a ton of money people loved it it was like top gun saving hollywood Mm -hmm. and all they did was made a really good grounded simple movie that delivered with fun and action and like cared about its characters and wrote them like, you know, good arcs and like, you know, uh great movie
1: yeah no i have to agree man like that's a great way to put it especially that like, the comparison with the young versus the old and the old has to like you know train this young generation which is, i have to watch pope's exorcist now the way you hyped it up like oh, yeah. him riding the vespa and then him riding his kawasaki motorcycle like, i could just see a parallel already but one's like obviously tom cruise looks badass on his stuff and
0: oh my gosh dude again an old guy riding motorcycles around town is a. Ba- i didn't even think uh, again right down the section. Yeah. Just the
1: image of Russell Crowe in a Vespa hauling it just made me laugh. That, that sold me when he told me that. I know I already brought this up earlier, but just the fact that also he rides a motorcycle in Top Gun Maverick, it's just like okay, I gotta watch this. You, you're, I'm already seeing like a fan edit calling it The Exorcist Maverick, just like seeing like footage from Pope's Exorcist but done like Top Gun Maverick. Getting all
0: the
1: Top Gun music. <laughs> He's training all these young exorcists like priests, just but they have the Top a Gun good, Danger uh,
0: zone going. Fake trailer.
1: Yeah, I have to watch it. Oh, we do oh.
0: instead of highway to the danger zone. We do highway to hell.
1: Pope's exorcist, <laughs> Top Gun Maverick edition. Oh, this sounds yeah. great. I have to watch this movie now, man. You're it selling sounds, me. And I yeah, hope you're selling yeah, some of yeah. these listeners here.
0: So, would you say you'll uh, watch list it? Oh, I uh, I got to add it to the watch list. That was the big point, and just how well Top Gun did it. People always talk about the problem with Luke being those things, but the problem wasn't those story elements it's just how it was executed in my opinion yeah. like when he like the great scene with goose where he's like goose i don't think i can do this man mm-hmm. not uh, goose ice ice man oh yeah oh yeah which also we, we gotta talk about val kilmer's cameo, oh because yeah. it's one of the most interesting reboot cameos yes. i've ever seen yes. one of the best ones in my opinion they did it well they did do it well Matt, want to know who the best is
2: that's him Iceman. man the way he flies ice cold no mistakes just wears you down you get bored frustrated do something stupid and he's
0: got you so i really loved how they included val kilmer in this movie and i just Mm -hmm. thought it was very sweet
1: yeah really well done and i know that poor guy he had throat cancer so he can't speak at all but that moment is nice because you know going back to the original movie these guys are like two rivals that were against each other the whole time it really is like that classic sports movie like who's the better like they're always fighting who's the better pilot which they do reference in that nice moment they have in this movie you need any help with what you figured it out yet what's that who's the best pilot
2: one last thing who's the better pilot you or me This is a nice moment. Let's not
1: ruin it. <laughs> but it's just nice to see like these two guys have come together, become really good friends, and, they, they, and their relationship really is like one of the the key points in this film that's really important that bridges how he gets here to here because this is their guy. This is the guy. This is like his buddy that's been behind his back and always letting him do do his thing, you know. And the fact he brings him back because you know the guy he used from the original that he used to fly with, Anthony Edwards, Goose. You know, tragically passes away in the original spoilers, or whoever. I mean, whoever's listening to this has, has had the scene.
0: This is this. we've addressed this. This is a spoiler <laughs> heavy podcast. If we're talking about a movie, there is going to be spoilers. I'll put it in the notes from now on too, so don't worry about it. It's all good, man.
1: But yeah, no, his best friend dies in the original in an accident because I guess like the plane malfunctions, like some some technical problem. But he blames himself for the death of his friend, and then in this movie is the only reason really he wants him back because he wants him to to mentor his son rooster played by miles teller and and that too is also like the like their relationships these two are like the heart of this movie really it really is like the emotional parts because it's really like they really get into the the problems with maverick as a char- character always a guy that seems to be running away from things always never fully closing things you know it's always like taken off literally like from all these people's lives and then it's almost like this guy has to come back and almost rebuild his character, like something of, it's so nice, because we didn't talk about the beginning of the movie also, where we have that whole cool Dark Star, like opening, when he steals that Yeah,
0: Totally, and before you get into it, I just have to say, they did, I don't know, I can't remember which movie came first, but Lightyear ripped, it's it's crazy how similar it is to light the beginning of light year like i remember i watched them fairly close to each other and just being like wait what the this is like the exact same beat it's it's even like a futuristic plane (laughs) doing Mach 10 like like, how did this happen it was just another weird like little like am i watching the right movie yeah and and again done so much better one time, right? Hey, hey, Pixar! I only need to see that sequence one time. Thank you so much. But <laughs> the third time, I was dying.
1: Makes me wonder because looking up here, that movie came out a few weeks after Top Gun: Maverick. So I wonder if, like, the people at Pixar said, "Hey, that scene is cool. Let's just let's like literally animate that scene exactly,
0: uh, and then do it <laughs> eight times in the movie, the whole uh. sequence every time." It's
1: Really, yeah, no, it's it's uh unoriginal, uninspired. If that's true, but they just so similar, though. There is exactly this scene. But who
0: knows? Yeah. I, just the synchronicity is is all I wanted to shout out. How weird that was to me. <laughs> uh, but please t- talk about that scene. How cool the Dark Star scene you were going to get into it. I just wanted to. Oh no! Cause <laughs> I was just trying one. to say like because
1: we you know going on the Iceman and like where we see Maverick like in the beginning of this movie where he ended off in the last movie because in the original movie, like um, after he literally saves the day and, you know, battle and the uh, commanding officer played by, I forgot his name, but he's the guy from Back to the Future. Strickland, the principal, he's the commanding officer at the end of the original Top Gun. Him saying, oh, you're going to be on the front page yes. of every newspaper because you helped save the, save the world. And the line there was very interesting because I, I, I've, I've only the last time I watched Top Gun was when this movie came out in theaters, just to get in preparation for it. So it's been a, like a year and a half, a little bit of time. So going back on this, rewatching it, it's kind of interesting to hear the ending. Of like, what do you, what do you want? We're gonna do next, Maverick? He said, "I'm gonna be a, an instructor in Top Gun." he really set up the sequel right there. Or maybe that's where they got like, you know what? See right there sets up of like what's gonna happen in this movie.
0: May not have been a direct line, but that <laughs> is where he ended up.
2: <laughs> Maverick, sir. How's it feel to be on the front page of every newspaper in the English-speaking world? Even though the other side denies the incident. Congratulations. congratulations. Thank you, sir. They gave you your choice of duty, son. Anything, anywhere. Do you believe that shit? Where do you think you want to go? I thought of being an instructor, sir. Top gun? <laughs> yes, sir. God help us. <laughs>
1: It's crazy because they were supposed to make Top Gun 2 back in the 90s. I was literally looking up Tony Scott and wanting to do a sequel right away. But Tom Cruise oh, was no not way. into it at the time, saying like, no, nah, can we just leave that alone? Let that be this movie. And then he wants to work on other stuff. But it wasn't until, I think, the passing of Tony Scott that is what got him to like, they got to reconsider. Because they were supposed to, they were in talks to make it Back Men 2 back before he died. But I know they were in talks to do Top Gun 2 for quite, quite some time. So, yeah, they were going to make it in the 90s. He wasn't into the idea, but it hit if he got I guess they didn't want to pay him a lot too, because his star power was rising really high, like in the early 90s already. And then it just felt like, oh, what more can you do with this <laughs> this movie? So he didn't think a sequel was necessary. But then as time went on, I think they had ideas because of drone warfare and then technology's just been going crazier. And then Tom Cruise actually became a real pilot after the original Top Gun, because the original Top Gun, he's never flown in planes until like. Or I guess they were trying to get him for the movie, but what convinced him to do the movie, they took him on a ride on an F fourteen and he was just like, Holy shit. <laughs> it's like one of the greatest thrills he's ever had. And then like literally awesome. guy becomes a pilot, literally has his movie his plane in this movie, the P fifty one Mustang that he's fixing up. That's his real like, you know, leisure plane that he flies around in.
0: And that's a plane he flies, um, Jennifer
1: Jennifer Connolly in the yeah, movie.
0: Con- yeah, and at the end of the movie, the very cool yeah red nosed plane yeah yeah that's a cool plane so that's tom cruise's actual his actual personal plane
1: and i remember when i was a kid we took a field trip i think it was maybe middle school we went to a plane museum somewhere in the here in california in the san bernardino family i forgot the name of it but you're
0: talking about
1: when i was younger i remember one of the tour guides was showing us all the vintage planes and one of them was like you see that one there on the far left? That's Tom Cruise's plane that we're just taking care of for him, repair, doing some repairs. I'm like, what? No and this way. is probably like around when War of the Worlds came out or like around that like mid-2000s. So it was, I was a younger person and kind of like mind blown. Like, holy, shit, I just saw that movie and this guy's planes right here. And I like,
0: this is so cool. I mentioned how the first scene reminded me a lot of Lightyear and I thought that was weird. Yeah. There's another scene that reminded me of Tennant in this a lot. Mm-hmm. He goes boating with Jennifer Connelly, Tom yeah. Cruise does, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like the scene where they're like getting to know each It's like their first date almost. Yeah. And it reminded me a lot of the scene where John David Washington goes boating with uh, the bad guy, the this, Russian bad guy yeah. and his wife mm-hmm. and just how like being on the boat is kind of like uh proving your like it's kind of like a test but also like a, just a hangout yeah like it's, you know it's kind of like a rich person's way of sizing up another person and then i also thought that scene was funny because another criticism in modern hollywood blockbuster filmmaking is that like oh the woman is always upstaging the the action hero guy yeah and this movie again does that in a way that's really sweet and fun and doesn't upstage tom cruise but still allows jennifer connelly to like establish her independence yeah because in that scene tom cruise in an action movie if it was like the rock he would say no i have to know how to do all the boating stuff i'm an action hero i'm supposed to be like the guy and they'd be like okay fine Dwayne. it's just like less interesting but that's great Great yeah in this tom cruise doesn't know what he's doing on the boat yeah, and jennifer yeah. connelly kind of has to tell him things and teach him what the boat lingo is and, mm. and kind of laughs at him but it's never like to put tom cruise down
1: and i'm, I'm happy you brought that scene up because that, that scene is great like that that is also like a nice just simple like way to have characters connect the setting of san diego and the places they shot man is so beautiful at least like they, they made it oh, so yeah. really nice and that seems just nice yep. too, because like he is in the navy and he he doesn't sail boats, you know. He he lands on them, which I like that that line. It's it's fun. That's a fun Great part. joke. Yeah. You're supposed to be in the
2: navy. I don't sail boats, Penny. I land on them.
1: And I like him there too, man. I like see the thing. I like this cool about this movie. Like Tom Cruise really embraces being that character again. But now we've seen like this more evolved like grown action hero version of him and and to see him in a nice calm setting it's just this nice breathing room in this movie and that scene is just so great and i love his chemistry with jennifer connelly it's just also refreshing yeah, to see great. him with an actress closer to his age you know and they, they really have yeah. chemistry and i'm Almost like I want to go back in time and tell uh, Jerry Bruckheimer and Tony Scott to recast Kelly McGillis with Jennifer Conley from the '80s, and just <laughs> or just do a new like because I, I don't know they had a great vibe, and I almost feel like damn, I would like to see them when they were younger to see young Maverick yeah. and young uh, Penny Benjamin, which she gets referenced in the original. When you rewatch it, it's crazy that like that this oh, wow, this character was a throwaway line in and a couple scenes in the movie because in the original the officer from Back to the Future was telling him that like he's telling all of his like yeah. things he's done bad in the in the um the navy and one of them was taking an admiral's daughter on a on a ride and uh goose whispers oh was that benny benjamin oh, and he's my gosh. yeah
2: with a history of high speed passes over five air controlled towers and one admiral's daughter benny benjamin
1: uh, i
0: totally can remember that actually
1: yeah because even though I was younger, was cool. growing up watching this movie, I was I, thought, I was like, okay, that's just some chick. I don't know what that was a throwaway line, I guess. And then it's crazy that they they took that and made this character like brought her to life. So it was kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, I love, that's a great detail, and I totally agree about the chemistry. They're very fun to watch. They seem to really like each other. Yeah, to enjoy being. You know, there's actual sparks flying. it Feels like yeah. And another thing I liked about the sailboat scene, real quick too. Was that it just fit with the energy of the movie where yeah. they did a date that was like fast paced and exciting, <laughs> yes. even though it was still like you were saying it was still a breath of fresh air where yeah. it felt calm and like nice, but it just it still movie, felt
1: moved. You know, things moved. are moving still constantly in this movie. Yes. Nothing is always just too like still. It's like oh, things are moving fast in a good way, where you yep. still get to understand what's happening and and let these yep. characters you know get established more. You know,
0: yeah, it's a good way and to do it in general. With the pacing of the movie, uh, we've talked about this before, they do a great job of keeping things really tight as far as information you're getting. Like Every scene is establishing story and character, and there's not a lot of dead weight as far as like unnecessary scenes. And the thing is, when they keep the rest of the movie really tight, you can take that time to do like the volleyball scene or football they're playing. Mm-hmm. What does it fight? Jet fighter yeah, football, playing or football, top yeah. gun football. <laughs> um, offense and defense at the same time, which was funny. And, you can have those fun indulgent scenes that don't really do anything but are just like add a little like glow to the movie yeah you care about the characters because they've done such a good job of establishing them establishing the story establishing like who's who and what their chip on the shoulder is and what their what their problem they need to overcome is like they do a great job of setting up character arcs i loved hangman's character arc it's yeah very- traditional and cheesy but it's very satisfying when done well yeah one cool little thing i realized with him at the end of the movie if you're playing a game of hangman on his helmet hangman is spelled out like as if it's a game of hangman that childhood oh. game where you try to guess the word before yeah. you, your guy gets uh, drawn out fully uh-huh. if you're playing uh hangman the game and your word was hangman wingman and hangman are just two letters different in that kind of scenario Mm -hmm. and the whole movie his nickname is hangman because he leaves people hanging he's not a good wingman but the difference between hangman and wingman just as a word if you think about in the context of the game of hangman are very similar and by the end of the movie his arc is that he ends up being the ultimate wingman and flying into the very last moment to save the day yeah and save tom cruise and miles teller spoils Uh, spoilers we can cut that if that's too early (laughs) but i just loved that setup and like how it it may have just been a coincidence but it just it just is a great character detail and kind of is set up with his his name hey man Man are so similar
1: that's a great observation i mean i know that's like a joke throughout the film yeah they make fun of that um, him leaving people hanging
0: that, wow i like i like that a lot honestly it makes me... maybe just a coincidence but i just in the movie it was i liked it it made it added something when i was watching it last night when i thought about that yeah no that's,
1: that's... Yeah, that's great. It's a great observation cuz um, when I rewatched the original, it, he has the same arc actually almost as Tom Cruise in the original Top Gun cuz th- in the the yeah, last act of that movie he's also grounded like he's not the first of the flyers to go. He's only like backup in case they need him. But then Iceman is like in danger and one of them gets shut down so it's like shit, we got to send Maverick up. You Know, but in this yeah, he's film, like the
0: actual maverick of this movie, yeah, he had his own movie where he was the guy.
1: Well, it's interesting because I mean, shout out to Glenn Powell, I've been a fan of his
0: for a while. I was gonna say that actor was awesome,
1: he's great, man. Actually, he was my favorite, and everybody wants him. He plays the baseball team leader, yeah, yeah. He's likable, though, he has a charm to him because Tom Cruise had him and Miles Teller, where he had a tough time picking either one of them to play rooster for the movie. And he didn't want to play Hangman at first because he said, oh, I've been playing this type of role for a while. I want to play, like, a good dude for once in, in a movie. Yeah. But then he said, no, man, we'll, we'll rework this script. We'll make, we'll make this character great. Like, he, Tom Cruise really was convincing him because he wanted Miles Teller because he says he, he has, the, I mean, not only looks like Anthony Edwards, but also a blend of Meg Ryan, he keeps saying, in him, like, trying to, like, match the more. He had the, a perfect look. He does, yeah. And he, he looked, Miles Teller was great, too. I think for Rooster, that was a good pick, actually, I feel like. I think so. There's a resemblance to Anthony Edwards, which I was very surprised because in the first half, like, oh, I was worried when I first watched it, is he just gonna be sappy and lopey this whole movie? But then the last half was like, oh, okay, he's 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 the son of goose. He's great. Like he has a lot of charisma with Tom Cruise, and their their bond is so wonderful in the last half of that movie.
2: And at fourteen, I shot down three megs in one of those. We don't
0: even know if that bag of ass can fly. Let's find out okay so good
1: but it's crazy yeah that like glenn powell was was a candidate for rooster and it's it's just crazy that like tom cruise gave him this cool ultimatum hey man like you play this this Iceman type character but we'll give him a twist you'll be you'll save the day by the end of this
2: hey hangman you
1: look good i am good rooster i'm very good
0: that's cool too because it's almost real life maverick teaching the the kids where he's like no man like i got you it's not just take the take the role of her dope man like this is your chance to be in a tom cruise movie yeah like, like, well, like we'll make it what you think like, something that you'll be proud of and yeah feel like you're being typecasted yeah Which I, I was gonna say i i love him in this movie and i think it's my f- favorite role of his like I, I can't even think of what else i've se- I, everybody wants i know i know him from other stuff but I'd, this is my second time watching this, and I still did not remember that he saves the day at the end uh, when they're flying the F-14 back. They steal a Russian F-14 yeah. from the base, Tom Cruise and Miles Teller, because they both get shot down behind enemy lines. They steal a ship from a Russian base that's in chaos, fly it back. They beat these like advanced three advanced jets, and it's an amazing action scene. Yeah, and then they're home free, and then one other jet yeah. catches up to them, and they're out of um, decoy tra- tracers, whatever they're called, and they have like no weapons left, mm-hmm. and so they're cooked. And literally, I did not remember what happened, and that's <laughs> when the 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 real maverick of this movie, mm-hmm. uh, Hangman, comes. And becomes his true uh his true destiny, the wingman he's meant to be. Yeah. Uh, shoots down the Russian <laughs> pilot and Maverick and Goose make it back safely. Or not goose, I keep calling him Goose. It's a uh, the Miles Teller. Oh Rooster, Am Rooster. I right? Yeah, Rooster. Rooster. Yeah. yeah, Rooster. I knew it was a bird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Rooster and Ma- Maverick make it back safe and the arrogant Maverick type of the movie, Hangman, gets to gets to you know, be a hero and, and, and really earn it and deserve it. And it's just such a yeah. you know, be a great ending you know yeah. and right after i think even before i watched this you mentioned as a reference star wars you yes. should talk about how this connects to star wars i mean that might be obvious with the, yeah. uh, you know but yeah you, you you brought this up to me oh. so take it man
1: this one felt like just a grounded star wars movie in our world you know like a big threat like a death star thing happening and we have to go and infiltrate this place and just the way it was filmed and told, it just I was like, dude, this is it—literally a Star yeah. Wars man. And we're not get to the ending again. I know we're talking about the last half a lot right now, but the yeah, it was almost similar to the Death Star uh, attack sequence from the original Star Wars, like
0: very, very trench runny.
1: And it's just yeah, and it's crazy because even the character of Maverick, I was I, I get a blend of like this guy's like a chosen one in a way. He's like Luke and Han Solo combined because he has his cocky arrogance too. That's just he always he knows he's the best he does the best he is the best pilot you know but he has his charm too where he's like a guy that's got your back he almost feels like he's a character that, that could exist in the star wars universe um just by his skill set and, and his and his goodwill he does have goodwill i like, guess as, as he grows in this movie especially but you know and it's oh, yeah. it's just crazy to see this yeah cocky teenage kid become this action hero so it, it, that aspect alone is like okay that's some star wars shit right there this guy's already now a wise mentor now teaching younger people. Um, but yeah. just like the yeah there's the vibes in the world and just the way the planes were shot you know the way they filmed this movie man it's just also it was just giving me that like chills like man this is like being in an x-wing because there were some shots that reminded me of like like the rogue one x-wings you know the way they shot like how wide the cameras they use for it but yeah just the whole like plot and everything well yeah
0: and also add to that then when miles teller who you could say is kind of the luke of this movie yeah Chip on his shoulder, dead dad. Luke has a dead dad for a movie and a half.
1: That's a good way to put it, because he's the Luke, and I guess you could say he's the Obi-Wan slash Han Solo type. Yeah, maverick. Kind, of guy wiser, like kind of. You know, he's the wiser,
0: older, you know, he knows the... Even, they even introduced him as just like the crazy old pilot at the bar, kind yeah. of like Obi-Wan. is just a weird old, old Ben out in the desert. Yeah, they kept ragging and, on him. Um, he's actually this master. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love how um, Hangman made Tom Cruise pay for the drinks all night, and then the next day he's the he's the in charge of them, and they're like, "Oh gosh!" Which is also a, a fun callback
1: to the original when uh, he doesn't know he's hitting on his instructor Kelly McGillis yes. in the original, yeah, and he starts yeah, singing yeah, here he the good song, good. doing all these weird things, and then the next morning he hears the you know the heels walking down the classroom, and so, oh, ahead, oh no, I was gonna say it's fun and rewatch because if you already know what happens after, like she's totally just messing with him the whole time when you rewatch those scenes, like she knows he's the, oh, he's, totally. he's a total like do this and he's just like he's playing with yeah, him the whole time toying
0: with him uh, and, and just to finish the star wars thought though yes he literally so miles teller who you can argue is luke skywalker he literally his targeting software breaks when he <laughs> has to drop his bomb, so he has to do it blind Directly, yeah. which is like oh my gosh so we might as well whisper use the force <laughs> and then literally like tom cruise does whisper like trust your instinct like it's just like, don't yeah. think or something so it's, it's like, like come on kid like, yeah don't think
2: Come on, kid, you
0: can do it. Don't think. Just do it. It's the false look.
2: Let go. Very similar. That's not an accident. That's not an accident. Very important. If uniform. you're doing that,
0: you, you know, you, you, no way, no way. The, the writer wasn't thinking of Star Wars. <laughs> because
1: I know in the original Top Gun behind the scenes, Jerry Bookheimer when, when they got the idea for Top Gun, just the idea of the movie, it was just they read the article about how, you know, the planes are just getting more advanced and things are looking more, like, futuristic. And they were like, dude, these are like X-Wings on Earth. And, like, so they, they had... I know they have Star Wars in mind. They thought they was the conception already of doing Top Gun, the, the original. But the fact this one kind of more embraces the Star Wars aspect, like, yeah, these are X-Wings on our, our planet, mm-hmm. man. And, and also the way the movie's put together has an adrenaline feeling like a Star Wars adventure, you know? Like, you have all these characters, a batch of people, and they all kind of have to go on this quest to help save the world in a way prevent like a
0: next world war totally even even the 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 computer visualizations of the route they have to fly yeah. throughout the movie they're looking at to, to study and they're all sitting around looking at these like computer models of a, of, of a map of a, you know, was very the Death Star, the classic Death Star maps mm-hmm. where everybody is circled around the projection <laughs> of the Death Star trying to plan out yeah. how they're going to do it and stuff and yeah, great and then just like the bromance you know, bromo eroticism, whatever <laughs> you want to call it, I don't know what's offensive to say. um it's just dance, like yeah. i appreciate they didn't back down on that they still had the the naked guys on the beach playing yeah. sports together and hugging and <laughs> high-fiving and i like because uh, i feel like that's mocked so much from I the know. just the, but it's part of the fun and so i'm, I'm glad they just doubled down on it, and it was like yeah, yeah it's a bunch of guys running around with six packs in it, like, it,
1: <laughs> i know <laughs> i know but even even that scene felt like we don't see in movies anymore. No just guys having fun having a good time no, that's what i mean they know, embrace,
0: like, it, like yeah it, like call it what you want call it call it, it like homoerotic if you want who cares it just
1: adds to the summer vibes in this film i feel like this is for me this is like one of my new like favorite summer blockbusters because it really is a definition of a summer blockbuster it's got the beach he's yeah. got the it's just I don't know something about it that makes me want to go to the beach and play
0: sand football and no, all actually, that. Yeah, I do. I feel like and fly jets and become a, go to San move to San Diego and hang out around the, <laughs> the Navy bases. <laughs> Some <"Sup> guys, right? <laughs> 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 I was gonna say too. One
1: thing I caught rewatching that volleyball scene, is there was uh, already a foreshadowing of the third act in that scene when they're, they're playing and oh. and tom cruise falls down uh, miles heller picks him up and that's where they had this like little mini bond already starting to build yeah and then hangman yeah, scores a touchdown touch like right there like when that happens so it's like oh that foreshadows already a little moment like that just a little mini moment is very yeah, kind of crucial out of
0: the game and then hangman gets to score the big the big player.
1: yeah um but it was cool I, that's one thing i just didn't realize upon the first few times i've seen it it's just one of those little things like once you know more movie and you want to rewatch it, it's just fun, man. This is a true rewatchable for me. This is on my like, I don't know, just new favorite movies. I just could just go back and just look at things from it and like find more new details. Even if it's a straightforward film like this, it's just,
0: it's just fun, man. Agree. I'll, I'll definitely, it'll definitely be one that gets played every few months or like at least like once a year, you know, yeah. Like, what's much talk- it'll, cause it's just, it's so solid. It's not about, there's nothing that gets like um, ruined on rewatch where you're like, why did they do that? Mm-hmm. that? Like, it's, just, it's just simple, well thought out, very straightforward. Yeah. It really does a great job of um, creating characters you like. Like, I feel like that's a key thing for rewatching mm-hmm. movies is you like kind of care about the characters. Yeah. and enjoy rewatching them do this, you know, if you, so that it does that super well. Like, I'm like, oh, I wouldn't mind watching, you know, Maverick and, um, and rooster yeah uh, it out again and and you know um,
1: yeah yeah it's it's really really a great one because um for for me i never got to touch too much on the history of my discovery of top gun but that was a vhs rewatchable when i was younger like my dad was into it It as like his favorite movie so he always plays it but i just love the soundtrack the visuals and i had Plane, like little mini fighter plane toys, as a little kid. So,
0: if you um, had to pick a call name, let's say in an Ah. alternate reality, you are a pilot. What would your call name be? Oh, that's a good one.
1: (laughs) A leopard, kind of sneaking up on you. You know, if you're
0: maybe that one would be mine. Maybe leopard.
1: I'll I'll choose that. Leopard's
0: kind of cool. Maybe the pit. The pit's kind of good because I eat so much, but but then also it's kind of intimidating. Yeah, that's true. Like an
1: armpit. It's kind of funny sounding. (laughs) But these ones, I like their names. I, like, I love uh, that Phoenix. <laughs> Bob. Yeah, that's good, uh, <laughs> Bob, is,
0: That's a hilarious one.
1: Dude. Shout out that's to Lewis Pullman. Awesome, awesome yeah, character. He was, he was hilarious in this. The um, son of Bill Pullman, man, who also flew in, in Independence oh, no Day. Way. Also, yeah. He,
0: the Sinner I love with Bill Pullman. Oh, I heard it's he
1: good. My sister
0: so was good. raving about uh, that.
1: The cameras they use for the cockpit sequences are the Sony 6 Rialto cameras. Which was also yeah, featured in the recent um gran turismo movie the same uh cameras they use for all the car sequences it's like these are really okay, small cool. small portable cameras and they use six awesome. of them to create how wide the cockpit's shots should be they just blended those shots together
0: that's awesome it's it's really effective those shots are incredible the shots of tom cruise flying that sometimes he is really flying the jet Mm-hmm. And just how amazing those shots are, where he's like throwing his body around to use his body weight yeah. to pull the plane and and twist, you know, to like <laughs> pull the uh, everything, like you know, keep his head straight. Yeah, it just really and like at certain points you can see the g forces on his face. It looks like he's like wearing a mat. Like it looks fake. Like it's it, and it's like a so much fun to see all that stuff really happening. Like I know CGI is a part of movies, and it's just. Yeah you can't do everything real right but when it's done real it really makes such a difference it's incredible and then real quick the fact that tom cruise let them use that footage of him because he looks horrible in those g-force moments Mm -hmm. but it's just like it's awesome and like, like i i just feel like some actors wouldn't let themselves be shown on camera looking that like weird you know what i mean like that like disformed yeah especially and it helps that
1: he's a real pilot you know like i was saying earlier when that that was his real plane that he takes it out for leisure but like he knows the the ropes and i'm sure this they got all the navy training like all the behind the scenes he's training all of them like like, real pilots would go through, get their, you know, because you, you could easily, like, get dizzy and nauseous in those planes. And I think all the actors said they threw up, like, the first time running on that. And it's crazy that, like, they all put everybody up there. That's what's so cool, as you were saying. It's all practical. Like, at least, like, at least being practical as possible, putting the actors in the planes. Yeah, yeah. And then all of them, including Tom Cruise, I was looking. He did, yeah, he had a stunt guy, too, with him. Because, I mean, you can't fully fly these by yourself. These are, like, government, like crafts
0: but then the way he acted and sold it whatever it was because he's just like sometimes he's like literally like throwing himself against like the window and he's just like a foot out of his seat like you know that's what you know when he's upside down and stuff it's just it's really fun to watch
1: oh yeah that sequence too is great when he's like hiding underneath them and he like hovers over you see me now
0: yeah the first time he schools all of them just to show them what they don't know or how much they don't know you know like how much they need to learn but what the enemy doesn't know
2: is your limits. I intend to find them, test them, push beyond. So today we'll start with what you only think you know. You show me what you're made of.
0: It was such a fun scene and just like so great. And they're all just freaking out while he's just buzzing around him, flying circles around him, literally. Yeah,
1: And that's a great sequence because he just went like, it's not about the books. It's like well, you're already at this level. Well, I just want to see what you what you know. It's like that's true because you're if you're a top gun, that's like the highest ranking to be a pilot in the navy. So at that point, he's
2: and, yeah,
1: you get even as an audience right, member, no, that's like not, I, don't, I don't care about looking at details in the navy or anything political about it, but just like the fact that that scene just throws the books. is a great way for us, the audience, to be like oh, it's not about anything. This is just about the thrills of flying. <laughs> this is
0: really about like yeah. And with miles teller's character that's like a major theme for him is not thinking and like how ultimately in that moment where you need to survive you can't be thinking about your training the point is at that point you have to just trust your training and use your instincts yes because if you're thinking too much you're gonna get hit by a missile and you mm-hmm. just have to be able to act on instinct and in that you know yeah and so that's like the big throughout the movie tom cruise's maverick character is trying to drill that into uh, miles because mm. his big character arc is he's going too slow and yeah. he's like well if i don't get there it won't matter so i just had to make sure i get there and tom cruise is like at a certain point you're gonna have to let go and just fly because if you're thinking too much about the best you know getting there you're not gonna and so it's a really great arc and it's that theme is totally enhanced by what you're talking about like it, kind of indirectly but that totally mm-hmm. plays into that theme with miles teller how that, that's the big thing he's driving home at the beginning is like y- you're beyond training now like
2: yeah it's,
0: now it's time to just start learning how to trust that training and not not you know view yourself as a expert pilot but as a guy who needs to survive and is going to do whatever he can to win the fight
1: yeah Oh, exactly. And that's why I love when he just tells them, you know, don't think just do that really is like the simplest yeah. way. And like, it's, I know that I've heard that before in the past with things, but that's a great like life lesson for, you know, not just the characters, but in life, people should just trust their instincts more. But she even like it applies to driving when you're driving on the road. You can't just like think when you're driving. Totally. You're not, you gotta you know, like trust it and, you know, <laughs> go no, go yeah, with the
0: flow. Is a car swerves in front of you, you just have to react and you can't, if you've trained, you know, you'll, you'll be able to handle it. And another theme I wanted to talk about real quick. Yeah. Was time being the biggest villain. Time is your greatest enemy. Another thing I liked about this movie, the closest thing you get to like a bad guy is John Hamm. Mm -hmm. Who, who is the pilot who's kind of thinks, or who's the uh, leader in the Navy who thinks pilots are obsolete or going to be obsolete mm-hmm. very soon. And is kind of the M- enemy. He represents time. Like he is the call of time being like, you're old, you're not going to be able to fly for very long. Well, and let me be perfectly blunt. You are not my first choice. In fact, you are not even on a list. You were here at the request of Admiral Kazanski. Now Iceman happens to be a man I deeply admire. And he seems to think that you have something left to offer the Navy. What that is, I can't imagine. Pretty soon, no, we're not going to need anybody to fly. Yeah. And at one point, Tom Cruise is introducing the mission to the kids. And he turns to the camera and he says, Time is your greatest enemy. And then it zooms out and it shows that he's standing in front of an audience and what the context is. But that really stood out to me because it's like, oh, he's telling the camera a theme. This oh, is wow. clearly meant to take us have a look. It was like almost like a little aside introducing this next scene where he's talking to the audience. It felt like it to me almost. And so I was thinking about that and that is like uh, reinforced throughout the movie in really fun ways. Tom Cruise in general is obviously fighting time with his age. They're fighting time with the mission where they're not sure if this mission's even possible within the time restraints that they have. There was another great one. Oh, the F 14 that they have to fly Mm -hmm, at the end is an old plane. Yeah. And they have to fly against these brand new planes. And another theme that Miles Teller is uh, trying to reinforce to Tom Cruise, uh, in reverse of the one Tom Cruise is trying to put on Miles Teller, it's not about the plane, it's about the pilot. Yeah.
2: An F 14
0: against fifth gen fighters? It's not the plane, it's the pilot. so then tom cruise has to use this old hunk of junk to to beat these like brand new top of the line like space age basically yeah fighter jets that's another example of time being the greatest enemy in this sense it's literally they're fighting these machines that are ahead of time Mm -hmm. with what they have
1: yeah no that's i'm glad you brought this subject up about time and all this because it's that's been like a thing that's kind of interesting about this movie is because like they always give him crap for being captain and and, and they say oh you could be yeah. an admiral but by now but you're just still at your your level and but the thing is people don't get that maverick doesn't give a f- about like being a general or anything he just loves yeah. the thrill of flying that's like the thing about it. that's why his career is being a test pilot that's why that opening is so fantastic because it's like He's living his dream, just flying. That's all he wants to do. He doesn't want to just be an asshole sitting around commanding people. Like He just loves to be part of the thrill.
2: Yet you can't get a promotion. You won't retire. And despite your best efforts, you refuse to die. You should be at least a two-star admiral by now, if not a senator. Yet here you are, Captain.
0: What is that? It's one of life's mysteries, sir. Yeah, it's great, and it shows he's expendable too. Because, like as a test pilot. Obviously, there's high risk to flying test vehicle. Test high, you know. So, so it shows to the military he's kind of happy doing it, but the military is also happy having him in a role where he could <laughs> explode. <laughs> and then he t- like, all right, yeah, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> We're ready to do it, like we will. This actually reminds me of a note I made while I was watching, and I've kind of touched on this already, but just how. Maverick's reboot connects to other reboots of like classic blockbuster film we've seen recently that, mm-hmm. you know, if you liked it or not, I don't care as an audience. And I think it's great. I like that you like any movies, but in general, it seems like, you know, Luke and Han and a lot of these other guys like Indy were generally negatively received mm-hmm. um, they, how, how they were done where Top Gun was a huge success. People loved it mm-hmm. fans and critics. What they did really well was Maverick was at peace with himself like he he knew who he was there were certain things he was dealing with and needing to process but he wasn't having like a full blown identity crisis like he knew he's like i'm a pilot i want to fly i want to be in the air like that's my goal and that's where i belong mm-hmm. and the world was telling him he was needing to move on but he was at peace with it the conflict was other people not being at peace with him where he was and so like the way they did luke was like luke was not at peace with the world and other people were like luke we're fine come we need you and luke was the one who's like no i messed up i don't want to do i don't know what i want and like i don't know who i am And like han was like i'm a bad dad i don't know what i'm doing i need to just like remove myself where tom cruise is like no i want to be involved and i want to be a pilot and other people are like you can't be a pilot anymore be a general be a instructor but but that's that's where the conflict with the world and the struggle comes and then just like demons that aren't like based in his character Mm -hmm. but just like tough things where he you're a fighter pilot and your buddy dies it's gonna happen but he's still struggling to deal with it because it's also probably something you deal with your whole life if it happens to you you know yeah so just being able to like create struggle for him without a full-blown identity crisis for the character where they're not even the same guy from the original movie like it's kind of what feels like happened in these other movies where it's like well it's not even the same character this was still maverick yeah 100 because
1: yeah with with the star way they handled star wars is just such a and i remember just being at the time when force awakens came out it was exciting to see harrison ford again doing his thing But in that film, they they try to do that thing where he's like, he goes back to being a smuggler, but then you still have him being grumpy, though. That's the only thing that made me grumpy in a way where he's just like, okay, he's got something up his ass, but it's not like, not as like where Maverick is, he has a problem, but he's not like always showing it that he's grumpy about that. Where versus Han Solo, could tell, like, yeah, he's just because he divorced his wife and then lost his son to the dark side. So. But the way it was done, it's not as tastefully as the way Ma- they did it with Maverick, like bringing back the action hero and embracing that he's still this action
0: hero. And like, what if it was the same thing where you, like exact same character set it for Han, but do handle it the way you did Maverick, where you still can introduce him as this guy who's like, yeah, I don't know what happened with my kid. It kind of ruined my marriage. But he's like still a at- Peace with who he is. He's like, but I'm still like, I don't, you know, I'm not gonna take crap, and I'm, I kind of do. Bad example. It's just, it just feels so depressing in these other examples, and you just feel like there's something missing that you didn't like. The fact that Han and Luke died after these movies, a lot of people are bothered by because Mm -hmm. it's just you didn't quite get, and like a lot of people bring up the fact that Han, Luke, and Leia never got a scene together Mm -hmm. in the sequel trilogy, which when you say it. that simply, it is kind of crazy. Yeah, it is a feel like a huge missed opportunity, especially you know, when they were all beasts. alive,
1: you know, and they were all this mm-hmm. poor Christmas recipe to carry fish. Yeah,
0: I feel like there's some legitimate complaints that Top Gun kind of proves you don't have to fall in those pitfalls, or it's not like necessary to do it that throw that, throw the characters under the bus that much to kind of have that same arc
1: yeah and but in those films compared to this film like the star wars films are really trying to gear up the 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 newer characters so they had they just felt like they're trying to dispose the original but not tastefully man looking back on that trilogy it's just it is disappointing the way like you know, I mean, not to delve into that, that's another rabbit hole, but which is where Maverick goes back, you bring him back the character. He's still our protagonist of this of this movie, but it's just about time is now like change. And it's, you're seeing this a big jump from where he was last. You know, you're seeing literally yeah. a guy from literally out of time. He is almost a man out of time. He's very old fashioned by the way he, he does things. And, you know, yeah, totally and yeah, operates old
0: school. Yeah, like just like even having the football day, he got in trouble for basically, <laughs> yeah. you know, which was like the a classic, dinner, literally grade. old school. You know, he's like, This is how we did it back in the day, this is how we bought yeah. it. <laughs> um, I know everybody's tired. I'm so tired of hearing people talk about Star Wars, and I only use mm-hmm. it as a reference point because it kind of became more the, like, recent yeah. linchpin. I feel like of the like internet criticism age we're in.
1: Yeah, and then they give at least Maverick compared to Han Solo. Like Maverick's having a blast. Like he's having fun. We're having fun because he's having yes. fun, and he's having yep. fun. Like just having you know showing these guys the ropes. You know, and where Han Solo yeah. just a grumpy trying to show Ray and Finn the ropes. He just like oh, he's
0: like begrudgingly invites Ray. He's like oh, he's a soft <laughs> spot for her, but doesn't want. It's like a little yeah. forced. Like, Why looking can't at he it. just, no, just be? In. Why Can't be he he be well adjusted but still have some issues he needs to process? Like maybe he knows Ben Solo's not his fault, but it's still tough for him to think about his son being you know on the dark side. And that makes, of course, can you know, it doesn't need to be that he's like, it was my fault, like, we failed him, Leia. <laughs> like, yeah, um, but again, I don't want to get on Star Wars. I the know, point I is know that that is kind of like the pinnacle of like the modern reboot age, in my opinion, and again, yeah. kind of created it created the vacuum that led to the like internet movie review era. Mm-hmm. And like people were looking for like, Hey, this movie doesn't sit right with me. Everybody says it's awesome. All these critics say it's amazing, but I, something about it wasn't right. And so that's why YouTube commenters who were willing to point out criticisms, blew up even though again i don't know if they're always right about their solutions they propose or the the cause of the the cause of the problems
1: you know i know everyone's different everyone's got different perspectives Mm -hmm. but there's just always a collection of just the same like typical bashing now as you're trying to say with the modern internet culture
0: yeah and they and they i watch a lot of these guys they all bring it from a point of view of saying this story beat is bad because it's a bad story beat and it's like no 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 the story beat isn't inherently bad it's how they executed it like the, there's no such thing as a bad story beat like another thing that was really great about top gun is that nothing in it is original it, it is it is an incredibly like beat by beat movie where you kind of again the the ending caught me off guard but like you said it's literally a parallel for the first movie so they mm-hmm. kind of did the force awakens where they did like a soft reboot where they yeah. just like kind of remade the first movie more or less and repackaged it with the old guy coming back mm-hmm. but the point is they did it really well yes and they wrote a really great screenplay around it mm-hmm. so you don't mind that you're getting these beats you recognize it's actually comforting mm-hmm. to have these beats you recognize repeated and not every movie needs to be breaking the mold some movies especially like blockbuster movies can be formulaic you Mm. just have to put an effort around it like like con air is not like a super original or maybe that is actually but it's still it's still not like hyper original or like groundbreaking it's just like really well done and well thought out and like they treated it like a real movie like they treated it like they were making a real movie instead of just i feel like like you mentioned the Meg 2, which I'm excited to watch, but it just it feels like even that is kind of like, oh, we're making a big dumb blockbuster. So we don't have to think about the plot or the character development too much. Mm. It's like, you can, you can do both. Yeah. You can make a big dumb, dumb blockbuster and still think about all those little things and take time to write a good script with a good character dialogue and uh, like small character arcs. Like the character arcs in Top Gun Maverick aren't like, incredible it's super simple mm-hmm. he's like don't think don't think don't think and then at the very end he's thinking too much and top maverick says don't think and then he flies faster and it, he gets there mm-hmm. that's it yeah you know and and they they repeat it in other ways too but it's not like they're tricking you or they're trying to hide the theme and force you need to really dig for it yeah it's right there and then when they when it happens and he does it even last night again i knew what was going to happen i was sitting there itching for him to pull that gasped Lever and and charge it, dude. Yeah, and, and when he did, I was pumped, uh, even such though a I great knew scene. he was going to. Yeah, and, and so it doesn't matter that you know what beats are coming. It doesn't matter if they're even original or not. Not every movie has to be hyper original. It's mm-hmm. the character development being original and having fun people you like in the movie that feel real is such a huge part of it and like I think goes so much farther than people give give credit. And mm-hmm. so many of these. Blockbusters now that have become famously like divisive were just like, I feel like 5% away from being as good as Top Gun. Yeah. It's just like these like slight tonal shifts that they could have shifted and just taking out sassy, like kind of like mean girl dialogue and yeah. just having them like each other. That's another thing about this. They have conflicts, but in general, all the guys and girls into the Top Gun team get along and they, and they just kind of support each other for the most part. Like the, the conflict is pretty minimal as far as like trying to put each other down other than um, Hangman and rooster. Yeah. But even that one is fairly like other than one moment, you know, fairly tame and like friendly competitive.
1: Yeah, no, I agree, man. That's a great way to, put it because like it's, it's refreshing to see a movie like this in a, t- in a time where everyone's just trying to be Christopher Nolan and Christopher Nolan's trying to be to Christopher Nolan with his own movies uh, yeah. where everything has to be so calm you know we have to figure things out for ourselves which is I don't I'm not against that I'm, I'm all f- for the arts you know but it's just nice to have for a sure. movie just to have a we feel laid back but we're having a ride it's like it feels like we're on a roller coaster you know just a movie that we even though we know where it's gonna go but we're just having a blast
0: yeah and just un- unapologetic like fun like like that's what I was- was trying when we did top our con air episode that was like one of the big things i really wanted to drive home is just that it's just like it is unfiltered fun like they're just they're not trying to like overthink it they're just like we're gonna have big ships flying around we're gonna be people big big dudes shooting each other with guns yeah and you know fighting and that's what top gun feels like like let's not like what are we doing we're making a top gun movie here all right we got guys running around on the beach playing football (laughs) we got like you know bonding like yeah and they they have women in the top gun team now too. so not even male bonding but in moments of like crisis or like uniting against common enemy
1: because the original the original movie and this movie really does a good job. Like you're really hanging out with these characters. You really are spending time with these people. More so, the like the first one actually, because I actually rewatching the first and this movie. This one actually has more of like. A central goal about this mission, versus the first movie, was almost just like, "Oh, this is just kind of like a hangout movie. We don't even know where this plot's going. It's just Maverick trying to hit on a, his, his instructor, and then."
0: Yes, dude. The whole movie, I feel like, is him just driving over to that apartment trying to. Get yes,
1: something. and then it's just like that, and then him. Oh, I know, the I know movie, but, a but yeah, the wrong, movie. yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then so, you have him hanging out with his buddies, literally playing the same thing, with all except volleyball on the beach. You have like just all, almost all that movie doesn't have like the main conflict of action doesn't happen till the very end. Like when they realize they're at their graduation and it's like, Oh, we gotta, gotta go to uh, Iran to, there's a crisis happening. It's like, Oh shit. But it just happens the last 20 minutes where this whole movie has already been setting up like, no, it's about this mission. This mission is like keeping the momentum of the film. And it's like, Going a lot more like, oh, yeah, we have a goal. Like,
0: Much more focused.
1: Yeah. And then each time we go back, it's like, yeah, because I mean, I, I don't mind that in the first one cause that's, you know, for its time and its thing. But this one does this such a good job keeping it so more focused than what the original was doing. And even though we, yeah. but we still get the day in the life of what the original is doing. We still get a chance to hang with these characters and be a part of this world, you know.
0: Yeah, I feel like you're a part of the Top Gun pilot experience.
1: Yeah, I want to be a backseater. Like, shit, I'll learn the targeting systems. <laughs> uh, which I never understood growing up, because I was like, well, some people like him, he has a backseater. Some people don't, and I always forget, oh, because each of these planes have different like missiles or bombs, and one has to focus uh, see, on I that. didn't
0: understand that, actually, so that's interesting to hear.
1: I, I learned it from Ace Combat 7. Shout out to those PlayStation players out there. Because <laughs> I realized, oh, that's why they'll have a backseater for these you know, jets, because um, that's that's one thing that always confused me growing up including when I first saw this I was like oh come he has she has a yeah. backseater and none of these guys do
0: yeah See, I actually was wondering that and just I was like maybe Tom Tom Cruise is just so good he doesn't <laughs> need it but that makes sense yeah
1: well and actually it was a payback and fanboy that they, they were all he was a backseater I forgot to add to shout out to these guys they are great the, the cast was fun too, and all these all these young young actors in here
0: yeah a lot of great young talent and and used casted really well and used really well really grateful tom cruise has entered this like era of like practical stunt work yeah making it's, it's it's awesome
1: yeah no i agree man and my take though man i think i don't know i've seen this already like i look at my letterboxing a few times but i feel like this to me personal take i think this is like for me the ultimate tom cruise movie because it almost has like oh, it's a sh- nice. it kind of showcases almost all of his performances he could be doing action he could do drama but he has his like romantic comedyness with jennifer conley and you know, it's like a jerry Maguire vibes in there where he's just being a normal guy with these with her and all these people around him and it's nice to really see a balance of action and back to him being charismatic tom cruise
0: yes and the amazing scene with val kilmer which we kind of touched on but i was gonna say was also just like so powerful like yeah they managed to like when when i first was watching that scene i got really nervous i was like oh no (laughs) don't do this to him like why like but it's very tastefully done and like really beautiful and val kilmer is really good Mm -hmm. in, in a very like limited role but is highly effective.
2: Mm-hmm. I was
0: gonna say I love that scene a lot because at the very beginning, when Tom Cruise comes into the house, Ice's wife, Val Kilmer's wife, says it's getting really bad now. It's hard for him to even talk. Like he's in so much pain, he can't even talk. Yeah. And then the whole scene, Val Kilmer communicates to Tom Cruise through type. So he'll type messages on a screen, and and Tom Cruise will read them and respond. And then at the very end of the scene, just long enough where you kind of forget what the wife said, mm-hmm. Val Kilmer pulls Tom Cruise close and speaks, you know, three or four lines of encouragement and like wisdom to him. Mm-hmm. And because of the wife's line, you understand how meaningful that is. And it just does a good job of like just creating a moment that's really powerful and, and just like knowing he's in pain, just the, the mention of that, like makes it extra meaningful when he like struggles to talk and knowing that in real life he was really dealing with these health problems. Amazing Val Kilmer scene, but also just, you were talking about Tom Cruise's range was the only reason I wanted to bring that Mm up again. I got lost in my thoughts. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. But just again, Tom Cruise is so powerful and believable in in that scene.
2: If I send him on this mission, he might never come home. And if I don't send him, he'll never forgive me. Either way, I could lose him forever.
0: Big message is, it's time to let go. Yeah. Which again, time is like the enemy, but in this case, like time is like the like, and you could argue the theme is that time is actually the like helper because Tom Cruise's wisdom is what helps them survive and win the mission, and so then also the youth is what helps them win too. Where Mm. you know you could position it as the youth being the enemy replacing Tom Cruise and usurping him, but then Mm. by the end of the movie, all those things are actually what 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 turned out to be like the good thing which is time you know
1: oh that was well said man like i i, I agree it's nice that tom cruise like fought for him to be in this movie like he said he didn't oh, want
0: tell me more i didn't know about that tell me
1: because he, he said like we have to have ice man like if anything i think when they were going to do it with tony scott like he was already going to be on board back in the role but like but in this one they were concerned because you know he's sick he can't do anything He was like no we got it we got to yeah. incorporate him in some way and Still have him be like a big presence of the film, which he is. Like he's constantly referenced,
0: yeah, through text message. He's always in in Tony's like kind of thoughts and constantly kind of uh, guiding him. Yeah,
1: and exactly that that. And then when I first saw the movie, when he first goes into the Top Gun base and he sees the the, the, the picture of him and uh yeah, Maverick in the in the first film yeah. and they're shaking hands and the black and white vote, and he turns around to him now. And I remember when I first saw, it, I got emotional because I. I don't remember seeing I never seen that in the trailer or anything, but I was like, holy crap. I'm like, "Whoa, that's that's yeah. crazy. As, as a kid who grew up it's watching powerful. it, it's so little little moments like that were, were big as a, as a fan.
0: And it's just interesting seeing Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer together in the photograph where they're both so like young and strong and they both look immortal, kind of, you know. Yeah. And then seeing how differently their their paths have gone since then. Mm hmm. Uh, Another great thing they did with that is in the movie, Val Kilmer passes, or Ice Man passes away. Val Kilmer's character passes away. And they, someone says a line, one of the other generals maybe, where he's like, it's hard to lose a wingman. And it was like, oh, that's cool. Cause it, it changed my perspective on his role throughout the movie, where even though val kilmer physically was so limited he was still being tom cruise's like wingman like he was still honoring that that brotherhood that they had from top gun of like i still have your back and i'm still gonna be there watching out for you even though i'm like you know struggling at this point to hang on like he's always and, and we do hear throughout the movie about ice backing him up with um mark john ham's character yeah where he's like, if it wasn't for Iceman and how much I love and respect that man, you would be, reti- you would have been retired ten years ago or something. Yeah,
1: yeah. and he instantly it's shoots like, him oh, down, sweet. like and fires him once he he dies. Like the yes, moment yeah, after yeah, he comes yeah, back, I mean. he's like, you're out of here. It's like, what do you mean? Like, oh yeah,
0: and then it's Jennifer Connelly that says like you've lost a wingman before or something like that. Basically, being like, I know he was your wingman in in life, but like you're gonna have to figure out how to do it without a wingman now. And that was just really, I thought a really sweet way to give, again, more meaning to Val Kilmer's role. Even though, again, he's so limited. He's in the movie for like three minutes, but he really does have a huge presence. Yeah.
2: Pete, if you lost your wingman up there, you keep fighting. You wouldn't just give up.
1: Those are your pilots. If anything happens
0: to them, you will never forgive yourself
1: and use use so well man that was, that was well, well said because yeah that, that those scenes always get me not even just as a fan it just works man just the whole movie just works as like everything flows so well it's well edited well put together man like it's just a fun ride
0: feel so sincere like that's another thing lacking with these other reboots is they feel like there's so much like meta like commentary about the old movies yeah. that are kind of like cutting them down in in like weird ways yeah where these just feel very sincere and very like loving of all the characters new and old and very like loving of like the the way they pres there was very unapologetic un- of like you could imagine a reboot about a military group of like straight male guys like fighting fighter jets and killing people a reboot for that could get very like self-referential, self-like commentary, anti kind of the message of the first movie. Yeah. And I, it'd be understandable, but I just I just really appreciate how they, ref, like they doubled down on everything that other people might've said, we can't do a military movie now or, you know, that's no way like. The end is inevitable
2: Maverick. you kind of headed for extinction. Maybe so, sir not today one of the one
1: of the things i like about you know the the way they handled maverick in this new movie it's like they really kept this we talked about they kept the spirit and everything but you know sometimes i forget whenever we watched the original movie the other night i remember we like oh right from the get-go like this guy's like a, you know he's a reckless like rebellious dude but he, he has a good heart to like always help people and in the original movie, in the first scene, the opening scene, when one of his buddies is scared to land the plane on the carrier, he's like, or Goose is like, all right, we're out of fuel. All right, let's, let's just park this thing. And he's like, wait, no, he, he's going to crash. We got to go save him. He's like, what? And he takes off and chases him and tries to, like, land land with him. You know, it's always it has that kind of, like, heroic vibe from the beginning. And I feel like this whole movie has been that, where he's always constantly saving everybody. You know, he's always constantly doing his best to, like, you know like it shows that he's the hero man like it's really great it's really good that they've they, they've honored that like they've kept that spirit of Maverick which that's why people were disappointed with Star Wars I know they wanted to see more of that with Luke and Han, more of that good spirit more yeah. which there's doses of it I know we got good some good moments it just felt like you had to pay off with you know not the Dolphins of Star Wars again I know we just talked we just said that but yeah you make a great point with that man about the you know the way we're treating these iconic heroes and lessening them down. Cobra Kai, I'll give credit. At least they honor those characters. At least they honor Ralph Macchio, the, the bully, uh, William Zabka, and those characters. So it's like you're taking, again, 80s iconic characters, but you're also honoring them. And then they do a good job making those old villains actually they're not bad guys. Like That's another example of an 80s like iconic movie and doing a, a later sequel, to which we're seeing a lot of those now. I know we're, we're going to see more since a, this movie was a mega hit at the box office, so we're going to see yeah. constant <laughs> more 80s... like. Like Beverly Hills Cop, I heard I overheard something, and I, and it's crazy because that's also Tony Scott did the second Beverly Hills Cop, so it's uh, interesting. No way. <laughs> yeah, and that one actually looked the best because something about it was treating it more of more serious action visual than see. That's like we need more of that. We need also movies that are just well shot, but also fun. Like like you could make this looking like serious looking movie, but also have a blast. Like show it. Like I know you want to keep things real in movies and keep things nitty-gritty but it's also great
0: to have fun it's possible to have the best of both worlds like it doesn't need to be one or the other like right kind of yeah yeah you have a good
1: balance we need more of that and this movie is also an example like yeah we could have a serious movie but also have fun have a good time yes, That's why it's- you don't have
0: to go all serious or all stupid fun like you can write yeah, I guess
1: there was just good filmmaking. The way they were making this practical gives it so much stakes that, like, oh, all these guys could die. And there's just moments in this film is so suspenseful because in the original, when Goose dies, it makes you scared for these pilots when they're crashing, like that sequence when the guy's in G-lock and he, he passes out. Coyote, he's crashing down. Like, that was just such anxiety when I first saw that. And, and then the sequence with Phoenix and Bob also, I was like, oh, shit, this is like intense like they're all, they all could die like any moment and that's crazy man because they already yeah, set yeah, up you know, how real this yeah because it's fun in games but there's also like yeah like lives are at stake you know which is a lesson they all learn in this movie you know but it's it's a good one man and I, I like how like sometimes like both movies, both Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick, feel like these are action sports movies. Like it has a formula of a sports movie, always like the coach and the kids, you know. It has that aspect, a lot of the machinism men competing with each other. You know, it's 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 fun stuff, man. It's it's just great to take a formula we've seen in a sports film, but apply it to a bigger action spectacle. Like it's it's so fun. And thanks, to, thanks for coming back, Jerry Bruckheimer. Like, make produce more movies, please. Yeah, yeah.
0: Please. A, I feel like there's a need – not a need, but just um, clearly there's a market for this kind of vibe that's not getting uh, serviced all the time. Or, that's a bad way to say it. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, it's true, man. I mean, I know there's good stuff out there. I know those are good stuff, but it's just nice to have, like, blockbusters that just – we yeah. have good filmmaking, but it's, like, treated like a big – I don't know, you're having a, like you're not feeling like obligated or bored. Like you're, you're you're genuinely enjoying the spectacle.
0: Like the Pope's Exorcist as well. <laughs> great example. Another great example. Uh, of what I cannot you describe. You're just enjoying Damn. the ride. You're not just forced to like sit through things to get to the spectacle. Yeah. It's just the whole movie's can be fun. Not to <laughs> I just really, these are two great, two great I, examples. I'm going
1: to order a pizza like, tonight and go watch it. So Dude, I, think I might, I might watch up.
0: it again so we can uh, talk All right. about it. Okay, I'll let you know. I, when... Honestly, it's so fun tonight. Pizza sounds yeah. good too. Well, my friend, do you have, um, oh, there's one last thing you mentioned with Top Guns. Some alternate Maverick candidates. I'd love to hear those. Yeah.
1: In back when they were casting the original Top Gun, I think because originally Tom Cruise turned down the role because he just didn't he didn't like the script or something when he first read it. But then once they took him on the plane, that's when he accepted the role. But there were other actors. Once he denied it, they were considering options. (laughs) Um, one of them was ready. ready. One of them's the great Matthew Modine. From Full Metal Jacket, okay, yeah, yeah, was an alternate casting, and that was before uh, Full Metal Jacket, because oh, maybe right around the same time. Other ones was his other colleague from The Outsiders, uh, Emilio Estevez, was an option to play Maverick. Uh,
0: I can see that big time.
1: Yeah, he's got especially '80s Emilio Estevez. He has the same. A shoulder
0: and a tank top. I can totally picture it.
1: Which is great because him and Tom Cruise reunited in Mission Impossible, the first one, when he was the. Simon Pegg He was like the That's tech right. guy in the computer. This is wild because it, something came out of this one. So the last candidate was Charlie Sheen, the brother of Emilio Estevez. Wow. Who, who also went on to do the parody of Top Gun Hot Shots 1 and 2.
0: Yes. <laughs> wild. <laughs> he almost had it, man.
1: It's crazy that like imagine another reality would this movie been like a mega hit? I mean, just like the spectacle of it, people would like. But it's interesting because Tom Cruise just had this vibe about him. Like I felt like that was the the movie that turned him into a, a superstar because he just did Risky Business right before he did wow. that Ridley really Scott movie. I still haven't seen uh, that fantasy
0: one. Uh, so like... Risky Business was right before Top Gun.
1: It was eighty three. Like
0: child in Risky Business. Yeah, <laughs> he
1: was That's only twenty three in this in Top Gun the original or like. Early 20s, I want to say.
0: Man, that's awesome.
1: It's insane. It's insane. But yeah, it just makes me think like, man, I don't know how... I mean, I guess I could see Emilio Estevez, I would say, like, as in a second option. That was a good one, I would say. Charlie Sheen is just... Well, it's hard to see because we had hot shots. So it's like, literally, it's just him being Maverick in that movie. A parody of Maverick. But it's insane. Because I know Charlie Sheen also had an action career at one point. He did that Navy SEALs movie, Red Dawn
0: Yeah, Red Dawn. He's I can that's probably what I was picturing him in when I was picturing this. Yeah, because I was like he was in some kind of military movie, which is totally Red Dawn.
1: Yeah, so a lot of those actors were were around the same group coming up in the eighties.
0: Interesting, man.
1: I'm happy they got Tom Cruise, and I'm happy that 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 movie happened. It was was a little magic, and I think that was one of the early Bruckheimer production movies was the original Top Gun. And wow, that's cool. And I felt like I can't even think of the last Jerry Brookheimer movie before Top Gun Maverick, but it just felt like, wow, these movies are back. Like, I felt like I was getting the 2000s like type movies. I like, get good the good ones like Remember the Titans, all the other.
0: Yeah, dude, I was going to mention Remember the Titans is another vibe similar. Yeah, because that movie too. to unite and figure out their differences to, you know, when when a game or a battle.
1: Yeah, and that movie too is fun because that, that's a great sports movie because everyone's just having a fun time in that film, and at least like I know there's conflict, but when they're having fun, you feel it, and you feel like you're yeah. you, you want to dance with them before their game,
0: you know. Yeah. And I've like, mentioned Ryan Gosling ah, so and all it. the Barbie talk; he's hilarious in, in um. Remember the Titans? That was the first exposure that I remember from him, and I just always thought of him as like the goofy, funny guy. And they started doing all the serious, yeah. and it was like, huh, okay
1: yeah right because I remember well I think I was because I was young when these movies came out but The Notebook felt like wow that's the guy from Remember the Titans because he looked familiar yes yeah dude and and then Remember the Titans was the first movie I've seen him in I want to say I don't know if I remember anything prior
0: well Angelo this has been very fun I'm very grateful for you coming it would have been me alone this week otherwise and you know nobody wants that I can guarantee you always a blast Yes, yeah, was good. And thank you for recommending Top Gun Maverick. I think actually it is my pick now, and I'm gonna do one I've been meaning to pick for a little, a few weeks. I've been wanting to do it. This was actually gonna be my follow up to Nightcrawler originally. Oh yeah. But I think it actually works really well with Top Gun as well because there are some similarities there. So I'm gonna do uh the Wachowski siblings film Speed Racer, hell is, yeah. Uh, Really awesome movie that gets um, a lot of a lot of um, negative, you know, or at least when it came out, it was very negatively received. And I think it'd be fun to talk about. It, it's it's kind of like we talked a lot about how Nightcrawler is like an underdog story, c- corrupted. Like Speed Racer is like the uncorrupted underdog story, and it's also about a guy driving around in a red car and you know swerving and speeding around. So, Speed Racer will be the movie next week. If you would like to watch and join along, uh, hopefully we'll be joined by Ian and or Andy next week. Yeah
1: yeah dude i can't wait for speed racer man because I, I i like that movie and I, I i actually want to re- been wanting to revisit it for personal reasons that you know yeah. but
0: no it's a fun one and i'm but, excited to yeah. hear your thoughts on it it's uh again one i just think was did a lot of really cool stuff that it doesn't get enough appreciation for angelo your favorite quote from top gun maverick as we uh sign out here
1: you know, I think you mentioned it, but I love the, uh, um, the line where it says, like, you know, you're coming to an extinction, Maverick, you know, so. Not today yeah dude you know it's such a beautiful line so good and I would, I would you know candidates for yeah of course you know don't think don't do yeah. or you know it's not the plane it's the pilot but you know i feel like those are, been repeated the most but just that line itself is just showing how badass tom cruise is yeah though, and he's still willing to fly
0: and encapsulates which I hope the, the movie very well not just badass but fits the the whole the whole point of the movie yeah
1: great big exactly sets that's over right there man yeah we'll probably talk about it again if Top Gun 3 happens we'll, we'll see what happens I have a feeling it's gonna happen um, yeah, we will cover who knows it man what it does <laughs> hangman and rooster man they are probably the new maverick and goose so we'll see um, cool man
0: well this was awesome everybody go watch a movie go watch a movie right. see you next week bye-bye